You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. It's Thursday, you know what that means. It's episode 91 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam, I'm your host, Sal is here, what's up? Hey buddy. What's going on, dude? How's your week been? Oh, we're going to get serious for a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, as you as you all know, uh, we are live at twitch.tv slash the Salter Effect, uh, raising money all month long for the Alzheimer's Association, which is a cause uh, very close to my heart because uh, of my mother. Uh, last Friday, she had uh, her second and third seizure uh, and has been in the hospital since then. She's fine. It's just palliative care at this point. That's uh, But they've basically taken off all of her meds for, for all that and just letting nature take its course, as it were. Um but uh, but that's the reason that I do this uh, this fundraiser because I don't want uh, other families you know going going through shit like this. Um, so it's been uh, it's been an interesting week. It's been I mean she's not here whistling every day, which is nice, but uh, it's kind of coming to uh, coming to that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's it's rough. And that's actually um, very similar to what happened with my grandmother. Because um, my grandmother suffered from dementia, but um, towards the end, it was, um, you know, it wasn't her anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but it was we just. Talked, we, we, we talked about this on stream while I, while I was streaming on yeah. was it Friday. Whatever day that was. How right. my 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 mom died basically a long time ago. Exactly. Um, so and I and I it, I kind of feel I still kind of feel terrible saying that, but I said that I explained that to my dad, and my dad was like, "No, yeah, that makes sense." So yeah. I feel less terrible about yeah. it now. Well, the worst part is, and and again, for me, I was a little bit lucky in the sense that it was my grandmother because. I'm that, you know, I'm removed enough from it. I'm not my mother and my aunt who are taking care of her 24-7 and they're watching her not be able to eat and they're watching her, like, not be able to swallow. Like, that was a rough last couple months because it just, it just was very, very slow. 
um, to the point where they would say that thing like, you want to be around this week and you want to go see your grandmother. I mean it. But they did that for like two straight months. Uh, so yeah, they finally got to a point. My dad was finally able to convince the doctors that like she can't come home. So, so I think they're setting up hospice something. Yeah. He has a meeting tomorrow. He has a meeting tomorrow about that. Um, if you if you want to help out with the with the fundraiser, it runs till the end of the month. Uh, Sal will put the the Tiltify link in the uh, in the episode description again. Um, it's real. It's real simple. Uh, you don't even have to create an account really. You just have to have. You just have to. I think you link your PayPal to it. But no, when I did it, it took uh, literally about two minutes. It wasn't even. Yeah. Yeah. You only have you only you only have to create an account if you want if you want to run a fundraiser really so, um, but yeah so and if you want to come hang out on stream, uh, the link will be will show up in my chat from time to time or you can use it as a command for it as well but uh, yeah that's where we're at still sitting at two fifty out of uh, out of a thousand thousand dollar goal I was very ambitious with the goal but that's on me um, but that's where we're at that was my uh, that was that was my week. To hell of a week. Um, <laughs> let's let's kind of change gears a little bit. Um, my children still enjoy my daughters. They still enjoy when I read them a story, right? Which is awesome Long because fish. as long as fish, 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 you know, a little bit more advanced than that. We're up to chapter books now. But one <laughs> uh, of the stories. Hello, Astro. Welcome in. What's up, Astro? One of the stories I was reading to my daughter tonight, there was a you know a ten year old girl who had a seven year old brother, right? And she was complaining that her neighbor's teenage son down the street gave her little brother, her seven year old brother, a skateboard when he got a new one, like he gave him his old skateboard. And I'm sitting here going, "No, that's not a thing." I would never allow my seven-year-old to have a fucking skateboard. <laughs> that but you can say I would never allow my seven-year-old to give away a skateboard. <laughs> no, but you know what? I, would you? Your son's almost seven. Would you let him have the high school kid next door's old skateboard? Oh, I mean, if he wore all the pads and shit. Seven though, like a skate, like maybe rollerblades. I don't know. I mean, Maybe because I'm a dad of daughters, and I'm just like, no, you're going to freaking break your neck. Now I'm just imagining a high schooler giving a seven-year-old a pair of rollerblades. Yeah, that too. These are uh, these are a size 12. You'll fit into them about eight years. All right. Actually, uh, can you picture your son right now on a skateboard? I know he's six, but can you? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like I said, he'd have, he'd have, all the, he'd have the elbow pads and the knee pads and all that. He's got his helmet and everything, but... Oh, we did. Uh, we got him in the pool this week. Finally. Oh, nice. How'd that go? He's been jumping around like a maniac in the pool. He he insisted on going out on uh, Friday. Friday was the was when she had the the seizure, so I had to stay home from work, um, and and hang out with him. And he insisted on going in. It was it was ten o'clock in the morning. It was sixty seven degrees outside. Oh my! And it was and it was misting. <laughs> and he's like, I gotta go to the pool. I go to the pool. I'm like, fine. Lasted ten minutes in the pool. Oh my god, that's what my kids do. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And like within ten minutes, they're like, I'm bored. Can we go do something else? <laughs> yeah, he, he he finally discovered it was cold out. Oh my god. 
But then, but now, and but now suddenly he he doesn't want to go in the pool by himself at all. Uh, like you're fine. You, I you you were just fine last week. No issues. Is uh, there anybody who lives around you who has like a child uh, your son's age? Um, I know when we bought the house, the, the former artist talked about you know. There being kids in the neighborhood, and kids that their kids had hung out with, but their kids were older than than, than Robbie is. Um, I know his his uh, some of his classmates live somewhere because when we were doing the remote schooling, there was one day when one of them walked by with, with their grandmother, and he was like, "That's such and such from my class," and we all waved out the window. <laughs> um, no, the reason I was wondering is because like that he's getting to the age now where that's what he needs. He needs, um someone to go hang out with. You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, me and Billy went to the pond and we started throwing rocks. Like, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we had talked, I mentioned to my dad today because my dad, you know, took him, took him to school, picked him up from school and, you know, got to know, he has his, his best friend in class, uh, got to know his parents and got his mother's phone number. So I was like, why don't you call uh, why don't you get in touch with such and such's mom and see if he wants to come over and you know, play in the pool or whatever? And then I was talking to one of our one of our friends who has a kid who's like a couple months younger. I was like, does he want to come over and hang out in the pool? Huh, yeah, there you go. All this fucking work it took me to get this goddamn pool together. Like, come find your kid well, in my pool. Might as well embrace it at this point. Yeah. Get a grill. Start having parties and being like social. I have a grill. I brought. I bought last night. I bought a replacement. Uh, air cushion and cover for when we have to close it for the winter. Mm-hmm. I bought these things last night. It was like it was around this time last night. They were delivered today. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Like, okay, cool, thanks, Amazon. By the way, when you said you bought these last night, for some reason my head went to he was at Home Depot at this time last night. Why, Jesus. <laughs> I, I got thought, my I got my I got my mower at Home Depot. Did you? Did I tell you about the mower? I can't remember if I talked about the mower. I mean, I'm such I I'm believe... such a fucking I'm such a fucking old dad now. Yeah, I, know. I bought a I bought a mower. <laughs> yeah, I got my child tax credit. I bought an electric mower because the old one because the old one shit the bed. No, no, no. We're still young. That's why we're talking about wrestling. <laughs> um, and oh. we should. We should we should move right I, along and talk about wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Because at this point, this has been Dad Talk episode two hundred one. <laughs> All right. Let's begin with everyone's favorite YouTube show, Being the Elite, episode two sixty five, entitled "Good Old Fashioned Extortion." Good old fashioned extortion. I was going to do a thing where you watch BTE and recap BTE, and now that the Dark Order on Sammy's vlog, I watch Sammy's vlog and recap Sammy's vlog, but Sammy's vlog is like 20 minutes long, and I was running late with everything as it was, because I got called into work on Tuesday, and I was like, I don't got time. Okay, I mean, we can do that if we talk off air and plan it for next week. <laughs> um, you know, for this week, I guess, oh well, we didn't watch Sammy's vlog. Although we, we didn't watch it last week. We although we might not even have to, given what happens here. But anyway, let's let's begin... <laughs> Let's begin with the cold open. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yes. The Bucks are sitting in massage chairs. 
Like, you know, like the ones they have at the mall. And I wonder if those were sold by my old company that I used to work for. Oh, did they supply massage chairs to malls across America? That was that was the same model as the the venting chair that we sold. Ah, gotcha. But but a lot of a lot of different companies sell that that vending chair because the ones in the mall around here are that one, but they have a different company name embroidered into the little head flap thing. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, they oh, uh, in chat. Astra says I had a skateboard at six. I fell a lot. And Katie says I'd be happy if my eight year old got a free skateboard and it got him away from the TV. Uh, that's true. Very. Very much that. My kid has taken to watching. I think I've talked about this before. My kid has taken to watching uh, Pokemon and Minecraft videos on YouTube on yep. the PlayStation. But it's my YouTube account that's logged into the PlayStation, so I get some weird fucking recommends on my YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Have fun with that. <laughs> He's fucking up my algorithm now. I know, I know. You poor algorithm. All right. So all they did, all the Bucks do at this point is just brag about how they they have thirty minutes to kill. So guess what? They're gonna get massages for thirty minutes. Mm. It's like good for you. Who gives a shit? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we get our title sequence. Who cares? Uh, we get the shopping music. That's what I'm calling it now. And, do, 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 do. and the Bucks are in awe of a sneaker made of Legos. The Lego, the Lego Adidas shoe was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Box, it was fancy. The the box looked like a shoe box. It yeah, cool. it was. Um, also, Brandon Cutler plays the opening to a whole new world. I don't know why. There and, was a uh, piano in the mall. And I also figured out that um, <laughs> another sign that I'm a dad of daughters. I knew that instantly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a sign that you're a dad of daughters. I think that's you're a child who grew up on the, Disney movies. I was going to say in the nineties. Yep, that too. No, well, I mean it's both. It's both. Because if you played the fucking opening theme of like guts on, on piano, no, I probably wouldn't recognize I had, it. I had Under the Sea stuck in my head last week because <laughs> it got mentioned. It got mentioned on a podcast that I was listening to, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that's there now." Yep. And then the, the next day. I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard it. Like, it was playing. And I was like, wow, fuck. Yep. <laughs> Under Darcy. God, that's a bad one. Uh, anyway. Everything's better downwards wetter, Sal. Take fuck it from me. Jesus Christ. Now that's going to get stuck in my head. And I'm going to blame You're you. Welcome. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to text you and be like, motherfucker. It's like that fucking oh, meme where he tries to sleep, but, like, my brain is going, Under the sea. <laughs> Sal's going to... Sit straight up out of a dead sleep at two thirty in the morning. Everything's better down when it's wet. God damn it! <laughs> uh, let's see here. Bucks went shopping at the mall and are bragging because they went to Nordstrom's. I bought a shirt for ninety nine dollars. I don't think they said they bought the shirt. They were just saying there was a hundred dollar shirt in there. I thought he was saying there was a hundred dollars shirt in there, like in the bag that he was carrying. Oh, I thought they were like, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I was more uh, Matt complaining about how small his bag was for how, how much money he spent. Sounds like a personal problem. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Then Kenny shows up, and the elite takes slow mo videos of their questionable outfits. <laughs> you you tell you tell me. <laughs> The fuck is right? Like, this was some fucked up shit. 
Uh, let's see here. Oh, and then we get, um, we go back in the locker room, and, and the Bucks admire their shoes as Kenny tries to shave with a plastic knife and fork. <laughs> plastic knife and fork. I laughed. However, I'm laughing at it. I'm laughing at it now. However, fake Jr. reminds Kenny that Hangman pulled his punk card, and shaving will have to wait another week. <laughs> I do like the gimmick of Kenny keeps trying to shave and something keeps fucking it up. Can't wait to see what he tries to use next week. All right. I I did at the very end of this. Nick, uh, I guess, tries to corral the troops. But it's very obviously doing it when there's nobody else actually in the room. They're just trying to make it fit with what happened on Dynamite when they all came out together. And he goes, Matt, I, don't, I saw you back there. And then, they, and then we see Matt walk up to the open door through the crack in the door because you can recognize his shirt because it's a fucking stupid shirt. Mm-hmm. <sighs> because that segues to Cutlercam. Of last week's Hangman versus the Elite segment. Um, after hang, after Hangman lays into fucking Matt Jackson with the right hand, Cutler Cam goes absolutely haywire. <laughs> and instead of editing it out, we get to get motion sick. <laughs> um, this continues for way too fucking long until Cutler regains his composure. Be a fucking professional, Brandon. Be a fucking professional. Uh, and then we get Kenny challenging Hangman in the Dark Water. After just fucking... In, just in case you missed it on Dynamite. Yeah, after ten Here's minutes... the entire segment. Dude, Here's the entire segment. From a different angle. From the from the entrances to Matt Jackson talk to, talking shit to Hangman. Why did I... Oh, my God. Why? I already watched Dynamite. Because we get to watch LG fuck around. Um, after the, I said after ten minutes, it felt like it. Let's go to HHTV. What is this? It's it's not Hulk Hogan. It's not even Hunter Hearst. All right, Hollywood hunk. So it's the Hollywood hunk. He's got his own channel, apparently. It's like IFC. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's going for. Um, now, Adam, let's go behind the curtain, because I texted you, I asked you, had you watched BT yet? And you said no. And then I sent you a picture of something that occurred in this segment. And your reaction was... Dot, dot, dot. Yep. But I'm glad that you your first uh, exposure to that was was me sending that to you. Makes me very happy. Uh, thanks. So, in this black and white indie film, Nemeth pours cream into a funnel, but not one that he's drinking out of. We slowly pan down and follow the hose all the way to a man who is fucking naked, sitting in the corner who has the end of his hose strapped to his mouth. Not the end of his hose. No, the, I'm the, sorry. Excuse the me. end of the hose. Yes. From the funnel, basically duct taped around his mouth. 
Yeah, he's duct taped into auto fellatio. Yeah. Um, he's got he's covered in in this cream. Um, the man is you also even get to watch the cream slowly come up through the tube and then dribble out of his mouth. Yeah. Uh, the man is also wearing sunglasses. Nemeth has regular hair this week, not the weird comb over that he was sporting last week. Did you ever see the movie Seven? Nope. So it's about the seven deadly sins. Yep. And I think this was similar to what they did for the punishment for gluttony. Like, oh, you want to be a fat fuck? I'll just fucking strap this hose to you and feed you until you explode. <laughs> this had some fucking torture horror movie vibes to it. Yeah, it was weird. My only note on this is, uh, uh what? I don't even know who that person was. was there was. There was nothing else to this. There was, was no dialogue. It was funnel hose. Blah, blah, blah. The, I, the only other thing is that when we started the segment, Nemeth was staring off into the distance. And when we pan out, he's staring at his big screen TV. And it's it's all like the snow, you know, like the static and stuff. That's the only yeah. other thing that happened. And then yeah. we see the funnel, and then we see the gimp in the corner. <laughs> Minus yeah. the suit. Um, I, what is going on here? No idea. I think, what's that phrase you say? The less we say about, less said about that, the better. Mm. All right. Let's go back to the box again. Oh. Um, and they start to talk, but then some disembodied fans show up. Fuck. It's these fucks again. Uh, for anyone who chose to forget, and I don't blame you, when we first started watching BTE, we got the very tail end of a very crappy gimmick of two fans that would, like, say stupid Mark things to the Bucks, and the Bucks could be like, you're such dumb Marks. It's back. I never enjoyed it. Not once. And it's back. And um, apparently, to make it even worse, they've been hired to handle HR for AEW. So does that mean we're going to get these fucks in the segments with Gallows and Anderson and be like, you can't say that, Carl? That's what's going to happen. I'd rather not, I'd rather not think about it. Ugh, man, Sammy's vlog's looking better and better. <clears throat> We then go to a brand new segment from a.m.e.n. They now have an intro and a song reminiscent of your favorite 80s sitcom. Uh, yes, this, we've, gone, we've gone full sitcom. Yes, the, the parody of this song in particular sounds like the theme from Family Matters. A little bit. But really just... Pick any of your favorite Miller Boyette TV series in that time period. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, we had the, the catching them in the act, and then they look in the camera and uh -huh. still freeze frames. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Not only do we get freeze frames and name cards, but we repeat the same characters like yeah, at least three times. Three of them. But then, but then what? Then what? What, what happens at the very end? So the, at the very end. What do you mean the very end? You mean the very beginning? <laughs> The beginning was the end. <laughs> we start with Ryzen and the two girls walking towards us. And Ryzen just falls flat in his face and dies. Very, 
Very kind of you to call Vicky Guerrero a girl. So the uh, Vicky and Nyla look at each other and they go, mm-hmm. and then we get a big canceled. <coughs> so apparently this Amen yeah. series lasted 30 seconds. They go through the whole opening sequence, all the stupid shit, and then she goes, Amen is canceled. You're like, well, that's the best news I've heard all day. But Definitely also, this- what a waste of time. Even the fucking private party bullshit back in the day had had a few like episodes out of it. This lasted all of five seconds. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the entire thing was canceled, so we don't even, we don't have the fucking uh, gimmick table. We don't have the fucking confession booth. I'm hoping it's all gone. You have right. Yeah, right. You kidding me? They'll come back with a '90s theme next week. Whatever happened to predictability? I was in the '80s. It was '89. That was their first season. (laughs) (coughs) All right. Uh, Let's go back to the box. For fuck's sake! (laughs) Uh, They are now joined by Kenny. Matt is smelling a rose, but it's like a fake one. Uh, And then Matt Hardy shows up. Uh, he tries to fucking blame his loss on uh, being sleep-deprived for 72 hours because his daughter was born. Matt Hardy proving he's more and more of a shitbag every day. He then sucks the... It was 87 to 95. Yeah, okay, so I said 80. It was, it was more in the 90s than it was the 80s. Yeah, but the theme song was created in the 80s. That was my point. Um... Okay, I have to read the sentence exactly how I wrote it. Hardy then sucks the Bucks' dicks, goggles their balls, and even tosses their salad. Hardy says they are the best tag team of all time. Um, He also spends the next five minutes trying to shit on the New Day. And he even gives Kenny a lick and a blow as well. He name drops all of your favorite WWE stars and says Kenny's better than all of them. Kenny confirms he does enjoy getting his knob gobbled, uh, but he can't sit here all night. Uh, He has to leave. Uh, But first, Hardy has to say uh, he wants everyone to know that he stands with Kenny. What was this? Was this just Kenny complaining about Roman Reigns and John Cena and everything like that? No, I didn't. I, uh, and the, the the joke was that, you know, Matt Hardy was reading all of these things he was saying about the elite off his phone, like somebody paid him to say it. Ha 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 ha. Because <sighs> he will do anything for cash. Yep, there it is. Uh, we go to another telenovela. Oh wait, before <laughs> that. Uh-huh. So, uh my fir- my first note from from that was what the fuck is this? Um well, my second note because after Matt leaves and Kenny leaves, we get uh Matt Hardy that is. We get Matt Jackson being all stupid sexy weird into the camera again. Yeah, that was true. Then. Including a including a song that was playing based on him based on the motions he was making while brushing his hair. Uh, uh and then Nick is just sitting in the background. 
And I'm just I'm just staring at Nick, and I'm like, Nick is high as fuck, isn't he? Probably. Uh, KT says, from the sound of it, it was the Matt Hardy Bukake Spectacular. Pretty much. So, the thing, the reason I didn't write down whatever the fuck Matt and Nick were doing was because I was like, <laughs> it's nothing. There's nothing here. They're just, they're just being dumb. Like, <laughs> yep. Uh, let's go to another telenovela from Peter Avalon. Depressed, so sad about Leva Bates. I will say, give Peter all the credit in the world. At least he has her in his dreams. <laughs> uh, that being said. She whispers in his ear, they'll always have the library. But of course she says it in Spanish. We got the subtitles, though, which was nice. Yeah. Why did I think it was French this week? Oh, no. Uh, Biblioteca. Definitely Spanish. Finally, Cutler is shown at his kitchen table opening a letter. Now this, ladies and gentlemen, Astro KT, this is the one good part of BTE this week. <laughs> Cutler opens. You'll guess why. You'll 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 get why in a second. Cutler opens the letter, and it's got that classic like kidnapper font where like each yes, letter was cut the, out of the magazine. It's the ransom font, except yes. it's a font. It's not actually cut out letters because right. I've tried to do that in the past, and, and it's it, fucking difficult. It's very difficult. Yes, I don't want to know why you tried to do that, but anyway. Just yeah, sure. I'm trying to get money <laughs> from my neighbor. Oh, love. So anyway. The letter says, hey, Cutler, if you don't get us back on BTE, we'll show Matt and Nick the video. The blood is still on your hands. Love the Dark Order. Cutler says, oh, shit. And then we cut. <laughs> Sal? Yeah. Whatever happened to Baloney versus Marco? Uh, maybe it's not Sammy's fucking vlog. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah, they just completely forgot about that, huh? Maybe Marco's dead. Anyway. Fingers dropped! So, the return uh, of the Dark Order seems imminent. Yeah, thank God. What do you think they're talking about, though, with the video? I feel like it's a callback. Like, we should know what they're talking about. And I'm wondering, because, like, what did Cutler do that was sketchy over the past couple of years? It's Cutler. I know. That's what I'm thinking. Cutler and the Dark Order. What do they have on him? It's probably nothing from the past, and it's probably just a stupid video of Cutler being like, I hate Matt and Nick. They're fucking stupid. But I'm hoping it's, like, something amazing. It's that it's that segment from uh, three weeks ago that was just filmed in slow motion. That they had the reason why the Dark Order wasn't on BTE that week. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, Dina Mate episode ninety five. Uh, straight into the opening video this week. Then Jr. hollers us into existence. It is Fighter Fest night two. Enter Chris Jericho for his first labor. Apparently MJF will be on commentary. Where are they this week? No idea. They don't fucking tell us. They're in Texas. They're in Dallas, Texas. They said that. They're in Garland, Texas. Garland. I apologize. Just outside of Dallas is what he said. 
Uh, the karaoke lasts too goddamn long, as per usual. And here comes Sean Spears. It looks like another decent-sized arena this week, which is why it's so weird that the first live show in front of a crowd was in that weird theater setup we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, here comes MJF. Tony says, uh-oh, that can only mean one thing. A, JR said at the top of the show that MJF would be joining them on commentary. Yeah. And B, yes, MJF's theme song typically means one thing, that MJF is coming out. That's why it's his theme song. Dumbass. <laughs> the bell rings. As oh, Sean no, no, the no, ring. no, 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 no. What did MJF say <laughs> when he got on the, when he got on commentary? It was the one of the first things he said about Jericho? I didn't write it down. He said, are, you talking, are you talking about the fat joke? Yes. Because I wrote MJF immediately makes a fat joke at Jericho's expense, but Thank I don't write down what it was. It was, um, he's like, yes, Tony, these are the labors of Jericho. Chris, Jab Chris Jericho himself is not in labor. I know you might be confused based on his physique, but I laughed. <laughs> uh, yeah, the bell rings as Sean enters the ring with the chair. MJF immediately makes a fat joke at Jericho's expense. Sean immediately loses the chair because he gets elbowed in the face. What an idiot. You have a You're fucking right. chair. <laughs> Uh, they fight to a corner, off the ropes. Jericho drops Spears with a double forearm. Jericho picks up the chair, and Aubrey takes it away. <gasps> Speaking of idiots. Spears with a kick to the gut, then he chops Jericho back to a corner, whip across. Jericho rebounds out of the corner with a clothesline. Spears sails to the apron, and a charging elbow sends him into the barricade. Jericho follows to the floor as Excalibur promotes the other matches tonight. Jericho throws Spears into the barricade and then takes a camera. He doesn't do anything with it. That was fun. Uh... MJF makes the locals are gross jokes as the fight continues. Spears gets to the apron, but gets knocked to the floor. He retrieves another chair from under the ring and throws it into Jericho's hands as Jericho attempts the springboard dropkick. Uh, Spears with some mounted punches. Jericho fights back, hits an enzigiri, and we go back to commentary for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Just cut to them. Just, yep, they're there. Um, real Jericho quick. goes up top. Yeah. Watching a Jericho match at this point, it... <sighs> like watching T.L. Hopper back in the day. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, he's so fucking slow, and he misses half the time, half the shit he tries to do, and it's just... Oh, man, it's rough. It is rough. I was trying to think about I can't deal with this shit joke, because T.L. Hopper was a wrestling plumber, but anyway... Uh, Jericho goes to the top, but gets caught and thrown to the mat for two. Spears takes the bad arm, wraps it around the turnpost, then he hits it with a chair and comes in his pants. Jericho avoids a charge in the corner and hits his fire up, double axe handle from the top, and Jericho warms the crowd. He puts Spears on the top rope and hits ten awful-looking punches, followed by a half-decent Hurricane Rana. Jericho charges and gets super kicked, and that's a two-count. The Spears super kick was a nice. Chip. I did enjoy The super that. kick was nice. Uh, Spears lodges a chair between the top two turnbuckles. Something tells me he'll end up going in headlong into that. Uh, he goes for Jericho and gets chopped repeatedly off the ropes for a telegraph, but he does get a spine buster for a two count. Uh, Spears goes outside and grabs a chair from the timekeeper's table. He smashes Jericho in the back and struts. Uh, they tease an unprotected headshot, but Jericho takes the legs and locks on the walls. Spears doesn't roll all the way over until he gets dragged back to the middle of the ring. Spears taps, but Tully has taken Aubrey. Sammy Guevara runs out to run Tully off. Spears finally turns over and hits Jericho in the face with the chair. Spears hits the C4, and Jericho kicks out a two because fuck you, Sean Spears. Excalibur is sure to mention that no one has kicked out of the C4. 
Don't get mad. <laughs> I could have told you they would have done that to Sean Spears. They don't give a fuck about him. Or just Spear- the fucking finisher. Spears grabs a chair and places it flat atop the turnbuckle in a different corner. He lifts Jericho up for another C4, then grabs that chair and puts it on top, as though to C4 Jericho onto the chair. But Jericho drops out. Shockingly, Spears gets sent headlong into the chair he wedged in the corner. Then Jericho hits the Judas effect and pins Spears for three. What? Jericho what? Jericho whipped Spears and threw him headfirst into that chair. Didn't he use a chair? I thought he wasn't allowed to use a chair. He used Spears' momentum. Spears set up the chair. I don't know. Technicalities. (sighs) Oh, and and the Judas effect looked shitty. Of course it did. I'm just being honest. When he first came in AEW and he was, um, you know, he, he unveiled that move, it wasn't terrible, but it's gotten much worse, in my opinion. Eh. It was never it's great, not, but it no, was passable. It's not, it's not a good move to begin with. No, but it was it was passable. The back elbow! I know. Uh, match was all right. Nah, eh, I don't know. You knew he wasn't going to lose, because we're on labor number one. KT says, love how Tully went to hit Sammy. Sammy ducked and hit him with the Hogan finger point. <laughs> he did. He did. That was actually... Yeah, that's the other problem. The most entertaining part of this entire match was fucking Sammy Guevara. <laughs> and Tully Blanchard, yeah. And, yeah, ducking the, the two uh, wild shots by Tully. <laughs> and then and then chasing them off. Um, There was nothing to this match for me other than MJF on commentary. Yeah. They made Spears look like a joke. What else is new? <laughs> they they um you knew Jericho was gonna win. Aubrey's yeah. a fucking just she's useless, like she's a referee <laughs> who has a vagina. I don't know. I didn't care I like again, it was there. I was just glad when it ended. Uh MJF takes the mic and sarcastically congratulates Jericho for passing labor number one. Then says, if anyone else comes out to help Chris like Sammy did tonight, that kills the deal. I like that. Because he was like, oh, he noticed like a loophole. And he was like, yep, going to fix that up real quick. Right, yeah. Uh, labor number two is a no disqualification match against known criminal and violent shitbag Nick Gage. Well, I'm probably not going to like that match. Uh, uh, okay. Nick- real quick. Just before. Let me. Let okay, me just, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just, oh, all right. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Nick Gage is here, so I guess. It's a good thing Jericho won, because otherwise he would have just been sitting out back for nothing. Uh, Nick Gage looks like he's wearing a mouth guard, but he's not. Let that sink in. He just has incredibly fucked up teeth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so KT, KT says the same thing. Does Nick Gage have a gigantic chipmunk tooth? Apparently. Yeah. So Your, th- your thoughts. Before I even get to my thoughts on Nick Gage, I will say I appreciate the delivery by MJF because he, he built it up. He built, you know, um, this man once stabbed a man in the jugular. That's that's a thing that happened. We'll talk about that in a moment. This man robbed a bank with no mask. I thought MJF's delivery on when he finally announced the name was was fucking picture perfect. Yeah, that is the and, last nice thing I'm going to say about this segment. <laughs> and to Sean's point, I I enjoy I like that they're going outside of AEW. 
Oh, that's you know, they, that it's not, not the first just, time. It's not the first that it's time. Not, but for for the but for this, I mean, it's not just Jericho going after going against Pinnacle member, Pinnacle member, Pinnacle member, Pinnacle member, Pinnacle member, Pinnacle member. Right. But did it have to be Nick Gage? Yeah. So, have you ever seen a Nick Gage match? KT says, "Is Gage showing off a pizza cutter meant to be him saying he's hardcore, or is it another fat joke at Jericho's expense?" A little bit of both. Have I seen a Nick Gage match? No. Okay. I've and that's on purpose. Never seen an entire Nick Gage match. I have seen clips because you see clips when you're a wrestling fan and you're looking Watching for wrestling things. Uh, yeah, exactly. Botchamania specifically. I, I only know who Nick Gage is because he tried to fucking murder David Arquette. Really? That's the first time you heard about him. Oh, see, I knew he was... I I just knew he was a deathmatch guy that did horrible, despicable, disgusting things in the ring. And I don't like that shit, Sal. No, I don't seek no, it out. No, no, no. I don't... I didn't seek it out. Like, again, you said Botchamania, right? Um, yeah, I can see him on Botchamania and not know who the fuck he is. That's- no, that's true. That's true. Oh, no, that's the thing, though. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. You know, I just I just know, like, oh, oh, that's the fucking guy that ate light tubes. <laughs> oh, that's a bucktooth motherfucker. But the thing is, um, I don't ever want to hear anybody bitch about Jimmy Uso. Ever. You're going to fucking, all the fucking IC, um, IWC that's like, oh, he should be suspended because he got a DUI. Motherfucker, Nick Gage almost killed a man. And he literally on robbed purpose. a bank. What happened? I said on purpose. Yeah. How do you bring that guy in with a straight fucking face and be like, it's okay. It's just one match. Yeah, but you're giving him a fucking payday on TV. This fucking vile human being who probably, in fact, JR said it correctly. Wasn't, isn't he supposed to be in jail? Um, and, and we're not even talking about the bank robbery. Like, look, I get it. You, you, you know, you go through tough times in your life. No, I'm talking about him fucking stabbing David Arquette in the throat. A guy who's not even a fucking worker. Wow. Yes, has he been trained? Sure. But David Arquette is not known for wrestling. David Arquette is known because he's in movies. Or was, like a long time ago. You can't just... I don't think you should stab anybody in the jugular. <laughs> But when you do it to somebody as known as need, David Arquette, I need some kind of I need some kind of plinky plinky piano music to put into that and something that says um, a lesson from Sal. <laughs> I don't think you should stab anyone in the jugular. <laughs> but um, the thing is, when he did that to Ar- to Arquette, now the I would say a good ninety percent of the AEW fans know who he is and what he did. Yeah. So you're you're endorsing that. You're being like, yeah, absolutely, we'll bring this guy in for a payday. Who cares? We don't he's care. He's on the team now. He's on the team now, so he's cool. That's some fucking bullshit, man. Like, Tony Khan. Yes. I understand Tony Khan has no morals, but holy shit. It's that's garbage. That's like him fuck. No, you know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. We're getting too close to August, and we've already referenced him, he, he who shall not be named, a bunch of times in this show. So I'm not going to go there. But <laughs> don't do the song, don't you dare. 
I wasn't I wasn't even thinking of it thinking of it, but now that you mention it. Uh, no, I, anyway. I don't I don't care for this, and yeah, it's 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 no DQ, it's another death match. Maybe it will result. Oh, and then fucking Excalibur. <laughs> Excalibur on commentary is like Nick Cage once died in a match and was dead for eight minutes and came out of it and still wanted to and he had to be restrained from going back in the ring. Dude, shut up. <laughs> Kate KT says he robbed a bank without wearing a mask, so he's the dumbass. Oh yes. He's dumb as fuck. <laughs> Just look at him. Speaking of fucked up teeth, later tonight, Dr. Britt Baker defends the women's title against Nyla Rose. Uh, she's a dentist, so. Okay, I thought you were taking a shot at Britt's teeth. I'm like, that like picture perfect. What are you saying? No, she's a, she's a dentist. I know, but you segued that weird. Admit it. <laughs> John Moxley defends his U- the U.S. title against Lance Archer, Cassidy versus Blade. Tony talks to Andrade, who has a big surprise, and Darby Allen takes on Healer Yuta. But coming up next, Frankie Kazarian versus Doc Gallows. When we come back from break, Excalibur sends us to Miro to tell us about his next title offense. Miro says there have been many champions before him. Three. But there will be no champion after him. Everyone will get a chance to talk to the Redeemer, and he'll forgive them all. At homecoming, he'll defend the title. But he doesn't say against who. Well, what he does say is, who in AEW can stand to me? So is this going to be another re-reach out of the company for someone? <laughs> Who can stop the path? Who wants to lose to Miro on Dynamite? Please don't be AG. Please don't be AG. Please don't be AG. Um, no, I would not be happy with that at all. But yeah, do, do you think they could do that? Do you think they uh, they? Because I don't see anybody. Who the fuck is it going to be? Like with, Christopher yeah, with Daniels? This, like with this with this short of a bill? Who knows? Yeah, we fucking Griff Garrison. I'll beat the shit up in two minutes. <sighs> Could be Sting. No, it's not. No, there it's have not. been many. No, it's not. There have been many champions before him. Many, many, Three. many, many. Three. Three champions. Cody, Brody, and Darby. Sorry. Cody, Brody, Cody, and Darby. Yeah, well, I was gonna say Cody won it twice. There have been many, many reigns before mine. Nah, I don't know. It was a stupid way to start a promo. <laughs> All right. We're uh we're. Okay, that was it before the match, right? Yep. Okay. Match number two, Doc Gallows versus Frankie Kazarian. Gallows makes his way out accompanied by Carl Anderson. We are then shown a highlight clip of Gallows attacking Kaz on Dark Elevation. Well, at least they're fucking referencing it. The Good Brothers are rocking the Impact Tag Titles because guess what? I guess... (laughs) They won the belt back at Slammiversary last week. Fuck's sake. Frankie comes out to a decent reaction and an even better theme song. This is the first time I'm hearing his uh, his solo theme, and I like it. The bell rings, and Kaz immediately charges Gallows and hammers him with strikes in the corner. Gallows shoves him off, but Frankie has a dropkick, sending Gallows back into the corner and continues the assault. Frankie lives, lays in some chops and then avoids a clothesline, and then hits a missile dropkick, dropping Gallows to one knee. Gallows gets up and boots Frankie down to the canvas with ease. Oh, that ended quickly. (laughs) Uh, Now it's Gallows' turn to assault Frankie, and he does with big right hands into Frankie's ribcage. Gallows whips Frankie into the turnbuckle, and Frankie goes up and over to the outside. While Rick Knox is distracted by 
we'll say the meaning of life. Carl Anderson sneaks over and clotheslines Cass to the floor. Two. Why are we here? Rick Knox was not even looking at Luke Gallows. He was looking straight ahead. He could see Carl Anderson in his periphery. He's just like, I see nothing. Uh, JR, JR yells about a cheap shot, and we go to box. JR was pissed. JR was fucking pissed. I don't blame him. That was bullshit. Back from boxing, Gallows chokes the life out of Frankie with a reverse chin lock. Frankie then claws at Gallows' eyes and breaks the hold. Rick Knox. Eh, I'll allow it. Frankie fights back with rights and lefts, and then after ducking two clotheslines, Frankie nails Gallows with a clothesline of his own, and this takes the big man down. Gallows is quick to get up, however, and Frankie is quick to snatch him up and hit a backdrop suplex. Frankie hits a springboard leg drop off the second rope, and this gets a near fall. Frankie goes for the cross-faced chicken wing, but Gallows fights him off and backs him against the ropes. And with Rick Knox's eyesight in poor shape these days, he doesn't see Anderson jump onto the apron. Uh, Anderson grabs Frankie by the waist. I mean, Mr. Magoo probably would have fucking seen it, but, you know, it's all right, Rick Knox. You're only facing that direction. Anderson attempts a shoulder block, but Kaz avoids it and hits a guillotine leg drop. This distraction allows Gallows to hit a roundhouse kick to Frankie's skull. Gallows picks up Kaz and hits him with a two-handed choke bomb for the win. Thanks for coming, Frankie. How's that Elite Hunter gimmick doing for you? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> at one point during the during the towards the beginning of this match, Tony Schiavone has a complete fucking stroke trying to sell tickets to Dynamite Grand Slam. Yes, he did. I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> And then at the end, uh, JR says something about, oh, Frankie just couldn't handle the size and the numbers. Uh, Frankie was handling Carl Anderson without much issue before that sudden finish. So, Yeah. Well, it's Carl Anderson's involvement, though, that, that distracted him and allowed him to get set up for the, for the choke bar. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I did like the post-match. Uh-huh. Because after the match, the Good Brothers put the boots to Kaz. They hit the Magic Killer. And then we hear the music of the world champ. So, Kenny's music starts to play. Mm-hmm. And JR goes, oh, look out. As we cut to the ca- to a camera shot of the entrance, while we're waiting for Kenny to come. Nothing's happening, JR. No, no. There's nothing to look out for. Nothing is going on. Oh, look out. KT says Rick Knox with his best Stevie Wonder impression. It's true. Um, <laughs> Dog Callis does his best Paul Heyman impression as they make their way to the ring. Callis hands Kenny the mic, and Kenny says, Welcome to my humble abode, said the spider to the fly. What? I don't give a fuck if it's goofy. I don't give a fuck if it's over the top. It makes me laugh every time. What does it mean? <laughs> it means he's lured fucking Frankie into his lair, the lair being the ring. He 
caught him in his web. Yes. Oh, look out. Omega continues, for months you've been a thorn in our side, Frankie. The Elite Hunter! Kenny laughs out, laughs out loud at the thought of this. And then somebody, when, watched, somebody watched an episode of 1960s Batman before tonight's episode. <laughs> you could have said James Bond and that would have worked too. Um, Kenny laughs at the thought and, and with a little help from Callus, Kenny finally spits out the phrase, it looks like the elite hunter has become the elite hunted. Good one, Don. Yes, Mr. Powers. <laughs> I expect you to die. <laughs> oh, fuck Kenny Omega. Anyway, the Good Brothers hold Frankie up, like Kenny's going to smash him with the belt. And Callis uh, says, let's show everybody what the Elite are going to do to Hangman Page. As if on cue, out comes Hangman Page. Oh, look out. That was in his script later. That would have been a perfect time for, oh, look out. That's why he said that, because it was in his script later, and he just read ahead by accident. Oh, look out. (laughs) A cup of whiskey in hand, the fans chant cowboy shit, Hangman gets in the ring with zero fear. Callis says, whoa, cowboy. You know, he's been waiting all week to say that. Saramiedo? And points out that he's all alone, and even the cowboy can see that four is a greater number than one. He asks Paige if he's that stupid, or is he just drunk? And Paige, unfortunately off mic, says, he's both. And then he shoves his drink at Callus, and he tries to get in Kenny's face, but Gallows punches him in the mouth. Hangman fights them off at first, but then Gallows lays him the fuck out with a vicious goddamn right hand. And I love that, because it's like, yes... It's the typical baby face. I don't give a fuck. I'll fight all of you. But Gallus is a big motherfucker, and there's just too many people right now. So, boom. They lay him out. They beat him down. Fucking Kenny's already left. He's, like, halfway up the ramp. He's like, yeah, get him. <laughs> Doc Water run down to help Hangman. Uh, Stuno knocks Gallus to the outside, and then the Beaver Boys double-team Anderson... Reynolds hits a stunner, and then Hangman launches himself over the top rope and destroys Carl Anderson with a fucking buckshot lariat. That was pretty. Kenny and Callis are already halfway to the locker room as Hangman stares them down, and we celebrate cowboy style. What'd you think of the segment? Uh, yeah, the post-match was, was, was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did the right thing here. Um, builds up to the match for next week. And uh, Kenny played his role perfectly. A little, you know, chicken shit heel. I thought it worked. Crowd popped huge for Hangman. I mean, of course. That's the gimmick right now. you you got to get him those reactions. It's just going to help build them. We go backstage to Dasha Fuentes. No, is it da- no it's not oh. Dasha Fuentes. It's Dasha Gonzalez now, isn't it? Dasha still works there. Yeah. Who knew? Um, we don't even see her on BT anymore. I'd rather her and, and Ortiz and um, Sammy than fucking uh, Amen. Remember when, you remember when Tony had the uh, uh, fucking holodeck? Yep. 
Dasha on Dark. Yep. Oh, those, those are the good old days. Uh, Dasha tonight is with the machine, Brian Cage. Uh, she immediately, however, doesn't like Cage talk, and instead we throw to a package from Team Taz. Taz and Ricky brag about being the new FTW champ, and Ricky says his PR team have put together a huge celebration for next week at Fight for the Fallen. When we go back to Cage, the first thing out of his mouth is, are they still here? Dash yeah. is like, I have no fucking idea. Why are you asking me? Cage says I that... I don't think so. <laughs> Cage says that works out because I love celebrations. Celebrate Brian Cage. Come on. No? Okay. I wrote good promo, you fucking meathead. Who better? At least he didn't say that. Yeah. Are you excited for Ricky Stark's championship celebration next week? Of course. We'll talk about that later. All right. Enter Wheeler Yuta. Boy, am I glad Sal didn't get this match. No, no. I can, I can say his name. Wheeler Yuta. It's fine. I know how to say it now. I also figured out who he reminds me of. He reminds me of the Sheriff of Rottingham from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Have you ever no. seen that movie? Yes. And that's tell me that doesn't remind you of him. Doesn't look like him at all. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, whatever. I saw the gifts. So. Uh, JR again almost says WWE instead of AEW and catches himself. Uh, did you catch that? No. This close. He said the W and then just stopped talking. Oh, AEW. Uh, Darby enters with his dad. His ribs are taped. Excalibur tries to mention this, and JR just fucking steamrolls over him. <laughs> Ramsberg calls for the bell, and we lock up. Uh, then we unlock up, we circle, we lock up. Hammerlock by Darby into a headlock takeover and some quick leverage pins that get one counts. In the crowd is Hippo Leo or someone from New Japan. It's Haku's kid. That's all we're told. He's here to watch the main event. Then why show him now? Uh, Yuta focusing on the ribs of Allen. He drops Darby across the top rope and gets a two count into the corner for a series of gut punches. Darby with the switch and some chops. Irish whip across. Darby gets the boots up on the charge. He goes to the top, but Yuta pulls his legs out. Uh, Yuta locks on an octopus, driving his elbow into the tape on Darby's tum-tum. Uh, Darby makes the ropes. Wheeler with the waist lock, but gets elbowed. Another waist lock and a snap bridging German for two. Yuta goes up top, but Orange sweeps his legs out. Uh, Orange. Darby. Uh, Darby goes up as well. and hits One skinny blonde for another, top. it's fine. <laughs> and both men are down. Uh, Orange and Sting go face-to-face for some reason. Orange goes pockets. Sting starts the lazy kicks. A double lazy thrust kick. Sting with the lazy chest pound, and Darby gets rolled up for two on the distraction. Thanks, Dad. Wait, 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 wait. Come on. The the lazy chest pound made me laugh. I don't care if, I, if I'm not supposed to. That was funny. Tell me that wasn't that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually max. I was ready to hate the segment. But, I was going like, <laughs> it still doesn't make any sense as to why Sting and, and, and Orange would be doing lazy kicks to each other. But no, I, of course it doesn't make sense. It's a fucking comedy spot. Remember the Cobra, okay? Remember the Cobra. But why, why Sting? Because believe it or not, and I saw this in TNA. Sting has comedic timing. Well, yeah, but it doesn't. doesn't why, they, why, doesn't make any sense. Uh, KT says, "I've seen Sting do the CBF kicks," and Darby looks over like, "Dad, you're embarrassing me." <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. It's Darby true. with the stun dog and the coffin drop, and that's the end of that. 
After the match, Blade waylays Orange with the Nux and lays him out. Sting helps Orange to the apron, then stares at Blade, and we just cut to a video. What did you think of the match? So it was, I mean, I kind of wish they sold it more about Darby's ribs. I kind of wish he was like, I can't fucking breathe. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, I don't know, give him a week off because he fucking threw himself through a fucking coffin last week. Yeah, I'd prefer him not wrestle at all because then you're actually selling the injury. But, um, you know, he probably should have struggled a little bit more in this match, especially to breathe because your fucking ribs are taped. Yeah. So that's it, just yeah. a little bit of sun. But Darby was going a million miles an hour, and, you know, the finish was completely expected. Um, and you got lucked out. You got another short fucking match this week. I like I like seeing Wheeler Yuta. I've seen him once at a show uh, around here as a, a good worker, a good performer. Uh, and they're putting him with guys whose, whose style he meshes with well so far. Um so, see what comes of it, I suppose. Um, yeah, we, so we go to a video on. Do you have any idea, like, how old that kid is? Like, is he, like, fresh out of training school? I'm just curious. Because they said Cassidy and, and um, Chucky e. T trained him. And I'm like, okay, but when? Like, are we talking 2004 or are we talking, like, 2016? Uh, he doesn't have a. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. That's fine. Oh, but is he on cage match? Probably. Eh, we'll take a look at some point. We don't have to do it now. It doesn't matter. Uh, in April twenty in April twenty eighteen, he was twenty one, so he's twenty four. Twenty four or twenty five by now. Ah. Uh, we go to a video on the history between Moxley and Archer in their previous Texas death match. We see Hippo in the crowd again. He gets a nameplate this time, so apparently it's actually Hikuleo. Hikuleo. Not Hippo. Did you fucking call him Hippo? I called him Hippo the first time, too, because they didn't put his name. They just said his name and didn't put it on the screen. and didn't say, it's Hippo Leo. Hey. Okay. Uh, up next, Baker versus Rose. Match number four, AEW Women's World Championship. Britt Baker defends her title against Nyla Rose. Okay, your one women's match this week. Mm-hmm. Nyla makes her way out to the ring with Vicky. Nyla's sporting her favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin vest tonight. See that? Fucking black leather vest, big giant white skull in the back. I'm like, you're stealing gimmicks. Britt comes out with Rebel to a pretty loud ovation. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and we get a DMD chant. The bell rings and we circle and lock up. Nyla shoots Britt into the ropes, and when Britt comes off the ropes, Nyla drops her with a shoulder tackle. They circle again, and Nyla grabs a waist lock, but Britt uses leverage or positioning or downright magic, and Nyla magically hip tosses herself to the canvas so Britt can work on her arm. Britt applies a deep hammerlock. Nyla, poly- Nyla powers up to her feet and backs Britt into the corner to break the hold. Baker charges at Nyla and attempts an arm drag, but Nyla blocks it. So Britt slowly rolls up Nyla with a schoolgirl for a two count. 
I will give credit where credit is due. Troy said it perfectly last night. It's like they're wrestling in slow-mo. I don't get why why Britt had to slow everything down for Nyla. Did I you remember who I of who I've said that about before? I don't know. Anyway, Britt hits Nyla with some uh, some forearms, but Nyla picks up Britt and into a fireman's carry, and then lifts her straight up and press slams her down hard to the canvas. Nyla follows up with a senton splash, and then punches Britt repeatedly in the face. Nyla lays Britt across the top rope and sets up for the top rope knee drop, but Rebel pulls Britt down and out of harm's way. Nyla tries to charge at Britt in the corner, but Britt catches her coming in and hits a downward spiral, and this drops Nyla face first into the middle turnbuckle. Of course Rebel pulls Britt out of the way, doesn't want to get, a, doesn't want to get concussed again. Mm-hmm. This championship match continues, but only inside pitcher and pitcher. Back from break, and Britt slowly jogs off to the ropes so Nyla can hit a urinagi. Nyla lifts Britt to her feet, picks her up, and delivers two backbreakers, and then a fallaway slam. Nyla takes time to showboat so Britt can struggle herself up to the corner uh, so Nyla can run and hit her in the, with a corner splash. Nyla calls for a cannonball, but takes about five minutes to set it up so Britt easily avoids it. Britt fights back and hits a sling blade and then follows it up with a backslide. Now we're going to take a little pause, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to talk about this uh, backslide. I'm going to start this by saying I understand that Paul Turner was trying to actually stay credible, but that the problem is for the camera and for the people in the crowd, it looked like he just forgot how to count. He, <laughs> Nyla was in the backside position for three seconds. The count, the crowd counted to three. Apparently, one of her shoulders may or may not have been up, if you believe Jr. And uh-huh. and that means that Paul Turner started to count, but then stopped, and then started, and then kind of just didn't know what to do, and then was like one count. Uh-huh. Do the crowd uh-huh. shit all over that? <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking pissed, and I. Like I said, I get it. I get what Paul Turner was trying to do, but it looked like shit on TV. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff in this match looked like shit on TV. But... Yeah, that's true. Hello, Toku. Welcome in. All right. Uh, Britt hits a DDT, and this gets a two count. Britt goes to the ropes, so Rebel can glove her. And Shivani says, don't turn your attention away from the big girl. Danny or Donald? Huh? Glover. Oh, did you catch Shivani say don't turn your attention away from the big girl yeah dude fuck has a cool. point could have been phrased better yeah uh Brit slowly turns around and Nyla slowly goes for a choke slam and Brit reverses it into a victory roll for a two count and then uh let's see here Baker tries the lockjaw but Nyla elbows Brit in the mouth to escape Nyla hits a Death Valley driver and follows up by draping Britt over the top rope. Nyla goes up top. Rebel thinks about interfering, but instead says, no, I'll just get in a fucking screaming match with Vicky Guerrero. That's one you're not going to win. And so Nyla jumps off the top rope and knees Britt in the side of the fucking head. Ugh, fuck. 
Somehow, someway, Brit kicks out. Uh, this gets a DMD chant. Brit hits a swinging neckbreaker, and then a super kick, and then another to drop the native beast. She covers, but Nyla gets the shoulder up at two and a half. Brit runs off the ropes, but Nyla grabs her by the throat and hits a choke slam for another two count. Brit hits an awful looking crucifix bomb for a two count. Brit then commits a cardinal sin anytime you're on TV and tries a crucifix pin again, and it still looks like shit. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> if you fuck up a spot, especially one like that, don't. Don't try to do it again right after. God, that came off looking like shit. Brit gets pissed and hits two consecutive curb stomps. Those actually look nice. Yeah. The uh, second one was Second one was beautiful. Uh, and this, and she, she hits the curb stomps for the win. No, no, Nyla kicked out. Damn, I fucking bit on that. I thought that was the finish. Yep. Especially because she did it twice. And I was like, oh, that second one, though. Yeah, no, I bet on that, too. Brit goes off the ropes, and Nyla knocks her fucking cold with a stiff forearm to the jaw. Holy shit, that one was stiff. Uh, Nyla can't capitalize, however, as both girls are down. Rebel jumps up in the apron to distract Paul Turner, and Brit grabs the women's title belt. Brit lifts the belt to strike, but instead we do an Eddie Guerrero spot. Nyla tosses the belt back to Brit, and we do another Eddie Guerrero spot, and Paul Turner catches Brit with the belt. Okay. Why, why would Britt Baker not, not want to get disqualified? It's a fact. She's the champ. She'll keep her title. She'll keep the belt. Who cares? <laughs> and plus, it's Paul Turner. He's probably not even going to DQ you. He's probably going to be like, eh, that's all right. Just don't do it again. Also, in my opinion, uh, I don't know. It feels like at this point we're starting to milk that spot a little bit. I've seen it a little bit too much in the past couple of years from both companies. It was it was really cool when you used to see it sporadically, and it would be like, oh, an homage. But, like, I don't know. I feel like AEW specifically. I've seen that spot a couple times now. Uh, Britt argues with Turner that she didn't do anything, and the crowd chants for Eddie. Nyla kicks Britt in the stomach and hits the Beast Bomb right in the middle of the ring. Not going to lie, at this point, I am scared. She covers, but Britt kicks out. Thank God. <laughs> Fuck your finish. There's a lot of that tonight. Nyla picks up Britt for another beast bomb, but Britt counters into an arm drag and transitions into a lockjaw. Nyla nods her head and screams she gives up, but Paul Turner can't understand her since Britt's fingers are shoved in her mouth. So Nyla's taps by frantically slapping Britt in the face. Yeah. That was. She was nodding, yes, I give up. I don't yeah. know why he didn't yeah. come for the bell. Because uh, he's a dumbass. You're winner and still. Dr. Britt Baker. Your Thank thoughts? God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is rough. I will say this. 
there were a handful of spots that I thought looked really nice. I'll give them that. It wasn't a complete shit show. <laughs> the when, that, when that's the best when that's the best thing you can say about a match. But some of the spots were kind of nice, like the the second curb stomp. Um, even even the normal uh, spot of the two backbreakers, and then you hold the backbreaker and then you toss for the fallaway slam. I liked it. That was fine. That's typical, you know, uh, heel stuff. Especially when you got a dominating heel, I I didn't mind that. Hell, even the fucking knee drop looked good. I'll give Nyla credit. When do I ever say that? But there were so many other things during this match that was like, oh, that was bad. Oh, that looks awful. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I I had I I had trouble focusing on this match. Yeah. Like, because it was not good, and it was you. There was no chance that Nyla was winning. So I was just like, yeah, it's it's okay. It's it's there. It's playing. Sure. Also, for all the missteps um, that Nyla has had with Britt Baker, that Nyla has had with uh, Sheeta, um, that Nyla has had with Rio, maybe stop fucking giving Nyla title shots. <laughs> it's never gotten better. Remember that match against Sheeta at the pay per view that time, and we were like, "Ugh." I don't know. After the match, we go to a press conference from earlier today, with Tony Schiavone has an announcement. Schiavone says that a fight for, at Fight for the Fallen next week, Santana and Ortiz will finally take on FTR. Finally, yes. Ortiz takes a shot at WWE because that's you know it's AEW. And says, while you two were off playing patty cake elsewhere, we've been here since day one. Santana then says, and I quote, enough of this wrestling. Isn't that what we're here to do? Uh, And then he proceeds to pull out pictures out of his vest that show how poor him and his mom were. Except for we don't see the pictures, so he's just like telling us this. Yeah, he's flashing he's flashing them to FTR, so we can see him kind of from the side. Kind of. But it's like, this is my mom. This is my daughter. <laughs> this is this my... is when we went to water country in the fifth grade. <laughs> but it's, this but... is a big sandwich I had. It was a big sandwich. I thought it was worth taking a picture of. <laughs> and that's the best thing is like he's like this is an article from the paper where my mother had to sue the city to get rid of slumlords why are we doing this is your life this is my third grade report count (laughs) nobody asked for this dude and then the best fucking says it's it says b plus in math but it was a d i changed it with a marker (laughs) dude I, and then, hard cut, so who knows if he kept going. But Did someone say oops? Did someone say oops? I didn't hear an oops. Dex feels the same way as all of us, and he completely no-sells everything Santana says. And he says, uh... You want to sit the fuck down, pal? He says, listen, he literally says, I only care about three things, a.k.a. I don't give a shit what you're talking about, dude. Um, 
And that's God. Oh, shit about your family. Yeah, pretty much. Except for he said it so much better. <laughs> uh, Dax only cares about three things. That's God, his family, and professional wrestling. I mean, at least he brought it back around. <laughs> no, Dax said that. Uh, he says FDR is going to beat their ass, and because he said beat their ass, this promo explodes into a bunch of fucking chaos and everyone ah. yelling, and apparently this press conference has ended. Thanks, Mega. <sighs> it's always fucking Mega. After a commercial break, Tony's in the ring and welcomes El Idolo. Oh, before we get to El Idolo, do you have anything to say about the press conference? Nope. <laughs> I think that says it all. Andrade comes out with his personal assistant to be named later. First name Andrade, middle name Eli, last name Dolo. <laughs> Andrade tells Tony to take it easy. Terenquillo. And he has a surprise. His personal assistant then whispers Un something surprise. to Tony. He shows him the, the iPad. Yes. Tony's like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrade's new executive consultant, Curtis Axel. No, I'm kidding. No, no. He only took his father's gimmick once. No, instead, uh, this new executive consultant is... Ooh, ciao. From the star of the show... No, I fucked that up. From the show Glow, it's Chavo Guerrero. Chavo comes out. Now, mind you, they are in Texas. Yes, okay. Is Andrade a good guy or a bad guy? He's a bad guy. Because Chavo's a good guy. Eh. They're in fucking Texas, Sal. Chavo's a good guy. Yeah, it's true. Oh, but they're you not heard in the promo. They're not in El Paso, though. They're in you fucking, heard the promo. Which is, by the way, that's why I said Dallas, because he said Dallas. When Chavo comes out and just goes, Texas, Texas, <laughs> Texas, 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 I know. Texas. He did. Uh, let's see here. Chavo is happy he's getting cheered, and I broke. But of course he is. I mean, they are in Texas. Chavo puts over the talent in AW, but of course saves the most praise for Andrade. Enter the Death Triangle. You see, Pac heard Andrade call him out last week and says he doesn't know who he thinks he is, but let it be known the Death Triangle hides from no one. Andrade then thanks Pac for coming out, but speaks directly to Phoenix and Penta and says that they're really good, but with him, they could be great. Andrade talks to them in Spanish, and then Chavo grabs the mic and says he'll take a minute to explain to Pac since Pac only speaks one language. You didn't I, think that was a backhanded fucking heel comment? I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed, I also enjoyed Penta responding and Abrantes translating Penta talking to Andrade. Oh, no. Well, we haven't got to that yet. We will. I know. It still made me... <clears throat> Um, because I wanted I so bad I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I so wanted Andrade to go. I know what he said. 
That is true. I, I was waiting for that. Um, okay. Chavo then tries to babyface his way out of it. He says they, they, they are super talented and they might be talented. But when he looks around their waist, there's a significant lack of gold. If they want to change that, they need to start listening to Andrade. Speaking of Andrade, he has one question. One question. Uno pregrendo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Why do they work for PAC? From now on, they work for Andrade. I do appreciate the absolute fucking over-the-top arrogance with that statement. <laughs> that is amazing no. arrogance. No, no. You're my Mexicans now. <laughs> oh, boy. Pac says he's not sure what planet Andrade's on, uh, but Penta and Phoenix don't work for him. They are a team. Death Triangle is a team, damn it, a team. <laughs> Phoenix takes the mic and puts over bond, uh, puts over the bond between him and his brother and the bond that they share with Pac. Hey, and, Phoenix is still alive. Yeah, and that they're all familia. And then says that him and Penta are the real face of the Latinos. Penta grabs the mic and burns Andrade in Spanish. Alex grabs the mic from Penta. Well, actually, Penta goes, Alex. <laughs> and Alex says, Penta says. And again, he's, he's translating Spanish to Andrade, which is, oh, it's so beautiful. Um, why would they team with Andrade when Andrade isn't even on their level? Oh, shit. The death, the death triangle stormed to the ring, but Andrade preaches, Chanquillo, Tenquillo. Andrade then, he doubles down on the arrogance and says, it's okay, everyone works for Andrade. All you people work for me. <laughs> uh, the death triangle at this point are getting pretty sick of his shit. Uh, that being said, a bunch of referees come down to stop them from pushing Andrade shit in. <laughs> and Andrade and his crew just leave. What'd you think of that segment? That was that was interesting. Yeah, that's that's the word I was going for. Um so you kinda you kinda called it last week. And that uh, Andrade doesn't want to fight the Death Triangle. He wants to team with them, except he doesn't want to team with Pac. He just wants to team with the Lucha Bros. Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, the whole time when they're walking down, I'm like, oh, Phoenix and Penta are gonna, about to shit kick Pac, aren't they? <laughs> um, Chavo? <clears throat> eh, he's there. Chavo. He's another Guerrero. Uh -huh. I got I to gotta tell you the truth, though. I'm really happy it was Chavo for one reason and one reason only. Just another Guerrero. When I was uh, watching this, I had, I had to get up and get something in the kitchen. And I heard them, you know, I heard Tony do the introductions, right? But then I started rinsing something in the sink and I heard something Guerrero. And in my mind, I thought... Oh, oh God, it's Shaw. I really did. I really fucking thought. I was like, oh, I don't want to see that fucking loser on TV. God damn it. 
And then when I turned around and saw it was Chava, I was like, all right, that's a little bit better. <laughs> it's pointless, but it's much better than Shaw Guerrero. But she was the ring announcer for the women's tag tournament. Remember that? Of course you don't. Nobody does. No, nobody does. But would her mother get her a job? Of course she would. Instead, she gives her nephew the job. <laughs> bum, bum, bana. <sighs> bum, bana, bum, bum. I do like Chava's original WWE theme song. Anyway. We go to an earlier tonight where the Jurassic Express brawl with the Hardy family office. The Geriastic uh, Express. Yes. Apparently, Christian came out to help, and then we go to a backstage from Christian, who's with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Shock of all shockers, Christian does all the talking, says he thought he was done with Matt Hardy, but Matt Hardy just won't die. Even even Luchasaurus got, like, a growl in. <laughs> uh, next week, he challenges the Hardy family office, which at this point has been reduced to Private Party and Angelico. <laughs> uh, against himself, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. Um, so Blade is not part of the Hardy family office. What happened to Jack Evans? Where is Matt Hardy? He wasn't even like involved in this whatsoever. That's on paternity leave. I did write. Thanks for not saying a goddamn word, Jungle Boy. <laughs> <sighs> After the break, we go to... So glad Jungle Boy is like a top babyface in this company now. So much momentum going into that title match with Kenny, and it's just all been flushed away. (laughs) After the break, we go to Alex Marvez, who's with the Nightmare Factory. (sighs) QT says he'll apologize to Tony Schiavone next week. Who gives a flying fuck? Yeah. What a dumb question and an unnecessary interview. (laughs) Don't you feel like you should apologize to Tony? I paid attention to this. It was so fucking annoying. These fucking assholes get time. I understand it was it was literally fifteen seconds, but still. Why we're gonna talk? We're gonna talk more about Alex Marvez in a moment. Uh, Enter Bunny and Blade. Enter Orange. Maybe Uh, Orange takes his sweet ass time coming out. Blade wants Bryce to raise his hand and give him the win by forfeit. Except Orange has already shown up by this point and is sneaking into the ring behind him. Orange taps Blade on the shoulder and takes him down for some punches, and the chase is on. Uh, back into the ring, and Blade lays the boots in. Orange goes under the charge. Blade flails into the corner. Another takedown. More punches, and we go back and forth. Blade just kind of falls over because he hurt his knee doing nothing. Uh, shockingly, he suddenly runs around the ring and kicks Orange in the face. Ha ha ha! He was just bluffing, which everyone on commentary said. Stunned dog by Orange, and he goes to the top rope. He gets caught with a chop, and Blade pulls his leg out from under him. Blade gut-wrenches Orange onto the top turnbuckle. He drops to the floor, and we drop to box. What do you think of that spot? Eh. <laughs> you didn't like it? I, I appreciate it. It looked, it looked good. No, it was it's fine. It was, it was fine. I, I know Cassidy is fast. You know what I mean? And he's smooth. He's very smooth. Blade is... Uh, <laughs> ass killer. He's a good hand. Let me come back. I guess. <laughs> Blade chops Orange in the corner, whip cross, and Orange flops. He smashes Blade's head into the buckles and heads up top, diving cross body. Then they tilt a world DDT, and that's a two count. Bunny hops on the apron, and Statlander appears out of nowhere to neutralize the threat. Orange topes Blade and Chris. They try to play it like Blade pulled Chris into the tope, but really he was already hugging her before Orange even started running. 
Uh, Orange then shoves Blade into Bunny, then wants to beach break his neck on the floor, but his back hurts. Back into the ring, another DDT is blocked, and Blade drops Orange Gut first on the top rope. A big clothesline, then a corkscrew tombstone, which makes no goddamn sense, and that's a two count. What in the hell does a jumping 180 add to a tombstone? Velocity. <laughs> no. Not really. Hmm. Blade wants a doctor bomb, but Orange blocks it. Orange gets kicked in the chest, then nails a beach break out of nowhere, and that's a two-count. Bunny screams on the apron. Statlander pulls her off again. Blade gets the knocks, but gets Orange punched, and that's a three-count. Uh, so what was the point of what happened earlier? Wait. What, uh, what about the spot where Cassie almost died? I asked you what you thought of it. You're... Oh, that's the spot you were talking I thought you were talking about the spot before that. Okay, forgive me. Um, you talk really fast sometimes, especially when I'm tired at night. I'm like, what? It's right. the ADD. Fair. I try to slow it down so everybody kind of like gets the story. But anyway. Um, yeah, okay. You're saying it looks safe. I thought he got a little whiplash off of that that looked kind of like sudden. So I'm hoping he's fine. He's probably fine, but it was like... Holy fucking shit, he killed him. <laughs> Especially he was, like, flailing around on the ground, like, frantically after the spot. And I'm like, oh, don't you usually, like, lay out for that if you're not hurt? Do you know what I mean? Instead, he was, like, convulsing at ringside. <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, fine. I got looked, worked, I guess. It looked, it looked fine to me. He landed, he landed on the top buckles fairly easily. And then just kind of the way, you know. That's fair. Threw himself to the floor and... Perfectly acceptable manner. So I didn't notice anything that looked this, worrisome. This feud is over, though, right? Like, there's no... I hope. God, I hope so. We're gonna, oh, we're going to do another fucking mixed tag or something. We're going to get Blade versus... Uh, no, I almost said Blade versus Statlander. No, we're no get we might, dude. We might get Blade versus Statlander, and we might get Orange versus Bunny. I wouldn't put it past either, you know... I wouldn't put it past this company. They've been kind of teasing that. Like, this, even this with this match. Like, she, Cassidy shoved her, and it's... I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing with these with these four. I don't know if I like it, that's for sure. Um, okay, good. continue. Orange grabs the Nux, puts them on, and Orange punches Blade with the Nux. Orange pockets the Nux, and we go to Marvez. Sal, yeah. I literally laughed out loud at this setup. Alex Marvez. In extreme close-up, is staring directly into the camera, and he says, "Chris, unbelievable news: a no rules match next week against Nick Gage." At which point we zoom out, and Marvez turns and puts the microphone in Chris Jericho's face. <sighs> well. We'll get to that in a second. I want to focus on this. First off, I'm pretty sure Jericho already knows that the match is happening next week because he was in the ring when MJF announced it and brought Nick Gage out onto the stage. Second, if you're talking to Chris Jericho, who is standing directly to your right, why the hell are you staring straight down the barrel of the camera? 
third, zoom the fuck out. I don't need to see Marvez's old man neck that close up. They zoomed in because they wanted to try to hide what Jericho looked like at this point before the, the big reveal, right? Uh. You can see the spikes in the shot. You can tell it's his jacket, right? And then, like you said, yeah. the dumb fucking delivery from Marvez. He's such an idiot. Chris, we found out that you're going to be going against Nick Gage next week Un- in a death match. Un- unbelievable news. Thoughts? <laughs> Y'all, y'all need to go watch the VOD of the stream for that turn that Sal just made. Yeah, uh, it was two hours, two hours and two hours and three minutes in the stream. That was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable news! He's so unbelievable bad news. His delivery's oh, awful. The cameraman deserves to be fired for that shot. Like you said, I don't. And need Sal, to see that. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not a death match. It's a no rules match. Uh, I thought he slipped and called it a death match. All right, whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> Chris, unbelievable news. A no-rules match next week against Nick Gage. <laughs> and then what did uh, what did Jericho anyway, say? Jericho is in his spiky jacket. He says next week he's bringing the most violent and demented version of Chris Jericho to face Nick Gage. He then turns around to reveal he's drawn on his face with a magic marker. Yeah. We then run down next week's card. More on that later. Less than two weeks at Homecoming, it's Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes, so let's watch a video about that. As Up if next. the um, outfits, by the way, weren't telling enough, now they, they're they both guys' backdrop on this video. Cody's looks like it was coming straight out of heaven. Malachi's looking like it came straight out, straight out of the boiler room. <laughs> um, and also, what the fuck... <laughs> was that picture they used for Cody on the graphic? Because it didn't look like Cody. I'm like, did they get Ryan Nemeth to stand in for him or something? KT says they zoomed in on Marvez's neck because there's a Thanksgiving pay-per-view to announce. Uh, Also, yay, Cirque de Jericho next week. (laughs) Yes, for anybody curious, the Painmaker in New Japan Pro Wrestling um, wasn't as violent as he makes himself out to be. Hmm. Also, stupid face paint, if you can even call it face paint. Yeah, the very Again, first... It looks, like, it looks like he was the first guy to fall asleep at the party, and someone went... <laughs> the, the very first time he did the gimmick, it, it looked significantly more clockwork orange, and this time it just looked like shit. <laughs> so... Shit. It looks like shit. Yes. Are we ready uh, for the main event? Uh, Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your main event of the evening. The IW. Oh, what, what the fuck? Really? Saying, main event? You're going to do that? Remember, I, I just remembered. You, you said Cody's picture didn't look like Cody, and I, I immediately thought of, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of uh, the, the AEW Unrivaled figures, but they're doing LJN figures. They're doing one LJN figure in, in the series. And of course, the first one is Cody. Of course. Except it looks like fucking Guile from Street Fighter. <laughs> so, speaking of your main event, the shirt that John Moxley is wearing, they say that it's AEW X Street Fighter, John Moxley versus Guile. It's not. It's John Moxley versus Cody's LJN figure. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, it just take, they, takes all the fucking punch out of my intro. It's fine. Uh, 
Moxley comes out to the ring wearing a t-shirt that is Street Fighter versus AEW and has a picture of Guile fighting Moxley. Not gonna lie, that shirt's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> Am I wrong? I've, I've enjoyed their AEW X Capcom shirts. I like them. I wouldn't buy, I would, I wouldn't buy any of them, but they're pretty cool. Uh, well, I've always <laughs> been a Capcom fan, so I probably would. KT says, did you really just up next, Sal? Sorry. He did. <laughs> All right. Archer comes out and has two kendo sticks. He launches the first one somewhere and then tries to throw the second one in the ring but fails miserably. Mox attacks Archer as soon as his stupid ass gets on the apron. Do you see that? He tossed the second one and it hit the rope and it just came right back. <laughs> They brawl for a bit, and then Mox goes outside to get the kendo stick and cracks Archer in the back with it. Mox also hits him with a few times in the knee, once across the shoulder blade so that Lance can no-sell it, and then attempt to choke slam, but it's blocked so Archer and Moxley can just exchange forearms. Back and forth we go, and then we almost get a fucking wacky line. Please tell me you saw that. It's a death match. Why wouldn't we get a wacky line? <sighs> Instead, both guys go off the ropes, and Archer pounces Moxley out of the ring. Archer goes to the apron, and uh, let's see here. Oh, he launches himself off the apron with a cannonball. That's why. Okay. Uh, And then Archer picks up kendo sticks and beats Moxley senseless on the outside. He charges at Mox, but Mox sucks. No. <laughs> he charges. Now, were you using text to speech again? I was. Just for the main event, though, because there was so much fucking going on. He charges at Mox, uh, but Mox ducks and turns and spears Archer into the barricade. They fight up and down and all around the crowd because, you know, that's a great idea. They get back to the barricade. Where Archer COVID who? picks up a fan Man. and throws him onto Moxley. Um oh man, this company's so edgy, they, they pull fans out and use them as weapons. Is that really like what we're going for here? Especially after a guy charged the ring last week? I right? Okay, I'm going to move on. Uh, Let's see here. Archie gets Mox back in the ring, only to get fucking clothesline back to the outside, uh, where Mox attempts a tope, but Lance cuts him off with a forearm to the face. Outside the ring, and Archer pulls the padding off the floor to expose the concrete underneath. He picks up Mox for a running power slam. Mox escapes, and DDT's Lance on the concrete fucking floor. Ouch. Rick Knox begins to give Archer the 10 count, because apparently this is last man standing, but nobody said that. It's a death. It's a Texas death match. I thought there was pinfalls in a Texas death match. No, it's they announced that they, the Justin Roberts announced that it is KO or submission. Okay. So you get knocked down for 10 or you. Oh, so you can't, out. you can give up. Okay. I didn't even know that. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. 
Rick Knox gives the 10 count to Archer while Moxley fires up in the ring. And Jake Roberts sees Moxley again all excited and decides to give him the middle finger. (laughs) Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts is the old angry man at the nursing home who just wants his fucking pills. Old man yells at Cloud. (laughs) We cut to the camera on the outside so we can see Rick Knox counting. Jake walks by and it looks like he fucking dropped something shady. That was weird. And then, out of nowhere, Archer's bleeding. Hmm. <laughs> Not sketchy at all. And, by the way, wrote, it was right into the camera. <laughs> I wrote, funny, Lance wasn't bleeding right after the paradigm shift, but suddenly after we cut away, he's dripping from the forehead. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Uh, Archer climbs up to the apron, and <laughs> Mox pulls out a fucking fork. Fork. Shades of Abdul and the Butcher! Thank you, Jim. Uh, Mox stabs Archer in the head as the crowd chants, You sick fuck. I... Man. Moxley was just like, Fork you, dude. I am telling you this right now, that even when I used to watch ECW when I was a 15-year-old fucking kid, I am as disgusted then as I am now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but as, as far as we know, uh, Moxley doesn't have hepatitis. I'm still disgusted about the idea of stabbing a man repeatedly in the head with a fork. No, wait till later. Oh. Uh, this disgusting feeling takes us to box. Back from box, just in time to see Mox pilmanize Archer's knee. Uh, however, this apparently means nothing, and Lance gets to his feet and doesn't sell it. Mox goes to hit Archer with a trash can lid, and Archer punches it into his face. That sound that made was awesome. I enjoyed that. That was like a fucking bomb going off. Uh, Moxley continues to punch uh, punch Archer in the face, and then says, You ain't shit, Lance, and proceeds to bite him where he forked him. <laughs> A pissed-off Archer clotheslines Mox down twice. Mox hits a German suplex, and Archer no-sells it and boots Mox down. Archer hits a deep six. That's what it was, right? Spun him around, then dropped him. Something like that. And then takes a trash can and smashes Mox across the head. Archer sets up two chairs and begins to set up Mox uh, for a power slam onto the chairs. Oh, no, the blackout. I'm sorry, the blackout. He put him up top. He was going to hit the blackout on, onto the two chairs. Uh, Mox escapes and hits Archer with a low blow because Mox apparently is the heel in this match. Mox then takes the chairs and switches the positions so they're now back-to-back. <laughs> I've seen this spot before. I don't like this spot. <laughs> but I also can't look away because it's fucking <laughs> gruesome. Mox gives us the old Benoit, picks up Archer, and gets immediately choke slammed onto the stairs back first. Onto the chairs, excuse me. So Mox is like screaming out in agony, and all I could think of is, You deserved it. <laughs> 
Mox barely makes it back to his feet. Archer destroys Mox with a boot, so Mox destroys him with a clothesline, which uh, Excalibur calls a King Kong line. King Kong clothesline. Mox hits a shitty paradigm shift that looked more like a double arm suplex, if we're being honest. I've been saying that for weeks. Just saying. But then you got mad that you were like, no, JR, it's not a double arm suplex. It's the paradigm shift. No, because, no, they called it a paradigm shift, but fucking whoever it was did a full flip. And I was like, that was a fucking suplex. Oh, because, okay, so I th- I, I am confused. I thought you were mad that JR called it a double arm suplex, because that's exactly what JR did, because that's exactly what it was. And then right after JR said that, Excalibur's like, he got the paradigm shift, but I don't know if he got all of it. Yeah. Uh, Archie gets up immediately at four. <laughs> I mean, it's not. So the does s- he get up immediately? Does he get up immediately, or does he get up before? No, when the ref counts four, Archie goes from being horizontal to immediately vertical. You know, like in WWE 2K20, where it just kind of glitches out for a second. You- I was think <laughs> that works. Oh, I was thinking a Tetris when you change the the position of the block real quick. <laughs> like uh, like an MK, like in Mortal Kombat, when, when you it's, you're trying to do a fatality, but you take too long, it's the guy just falls over like that, but in reverse. But in reverse. <laughs> um, it's not the same as kicking out of a finisher, but it sure didn't sell the fucking paradigm shift at all. <laughs> Uh, he flips Mox the double birds, so Mox stabs him repeatedly with the fork. <laughs> <laughs> this is New Jack levels of fucking nuts. That was a good forking. Uh, Mox goes to the outside to lift the skirt from the apron and pulls Whoa. out <laughs> from the apron and pulls out Uh-oh. two boards covered in barbed wire. He puts the boards on top of two tables on the outside. Do you notice that everything that Mox has set up tonight has come back to haunt him? What? No. What? No. What? Yeah, I, I'm already watching this uh, unfold before it actually happens. Uh, JR and Excalibur try to make us think that Mox is going to paradigm shift Archer off the apron. He's not. He tries, and instead, fucking Archer grabs the fork. I don't even know where he got it from. I'm guessing the apron. Use the fork, Clarence. And with the same fork that was used on him, he begins to repeatedly stab Mox in the head. That's how you get AIDS. And JR says something to the effect of we're just sharing forks now. (laughs) Um, He chokeslams Mox through the barbed wire, through the two tables. Mox is dead and also stuck in the barbed wire. So your winner in one of the fastest ten counts I've ever seen, because I think they need right. to go home. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's done. He's done. God, it's so fucking fast. And the crowd pops huge because the hometown boy just beat John Moxley for the goddamn title. Dude, I'm happy for Lance. I didn't hate that match. Oh no, I okay. I th- I did think the way commentary sold the finish was weird. Because they were selling it like... Mox you know, couldn't if escape. It, if it wasn't for the barbed wire, he could have gotten up, which is great, which is a great way to put over your new champion. But, no, he's just stuck. 
Yeah, but I also despise the fact that a choke slam through barbed wire and two tables from the apron isn't enough to finish a match. You don't need any more than that. Mox should have been knocked <laughs> out cold. In fact, that that was my only issue with this match. I really enjoyed the match, but at least two or three times I was like, oh, apparently that move doesn't matter. <laughs> like the pilmanizing of the knee. Isn't that something that I get it? We're, we're a little bit past the point of that, like injuring you for six months like it did originally with Brian Pillman, but... We should fucking sell it throughout the match if your leg gets pilmanized during the match, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because this wasn't like the typical with the steel chair and you just stomp down on it. No, Mox jumped off the second rope. You would think fucking Lance would be just like struggling to even, you know, stand on that leg and instead he completely no sold it. Ready for where my brain went there? What? Stomp down on it. Stop down on it. Nice. All uh, right. After the match, um, Hiko Leo comes out from the crowd because he will be the next challenger for the IWGP United States Championship. And he's taller than fucking Archer. I know. And as soon as he got in the ring and, and went face-to-face with Archer, everyone went, Oh. oh shit! That dude's pretty big. <laughs> He's a big boy. And all of a sudden, everybody's opinion changed. <laughs> to quote a certain uh, beast, <laughs> beast incarnate. Oh, big boy! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel the same. I really enjoyed that match. Outside of some no selling things, but that's just like nitpicky. Everything fucking looked like. It was insane. Like like I said, just the fucking punch to the trash can lid sounded like a gunshot. That was the longest match of the night by less than a minute. Huh. Second longest was the women's title match. I was just going to say, the one I covered? Yeah, I know. I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) And then Uh, next week I get to fucking open and I'll end up having a 30-minute match to open the show. Hate you. <laughs> Thoughts overall? Uh decent, decent episode. I mean, like we said, the Jericho versus Spears was meh. Uh, Gallows versus Kazarian was okay. I liked where it led to. Darby versus Yuta, I enjoyed that. Sure. Uh, just I, I would have enjoyed uh, it more, like you said, at Darby sold the ribs or not wrestled because he. Fucking whatever. I also um, enjoyed uh, Cassidy in Sting's little uh, comedy he spot. Of course he did. Uh, women's title match was not great. Um, Wait, didn't you just Cassidy say the Blade was title right. match was decent? No, I just said it was not great. No, before I thought you talked about that be- just a couple of seconds ago. You were like, the women's title match was all right. Hmm... Cassidy and Blade was all right, and yeah, the, the U.S. title match was. I enjoyed that. So yeah, I mean, in reality, it, it, it really was a one match show, just like we said it was going to be last week. But the other matches were fair to Midland. Yeah. Again, the, the women's title match had the, its problems, but Britt and, got and super the, good reaction. So and the interstitial stuff was not uh, was not great. 
Hey, a press conference. Hey, a video package about this match. Hey, a video package about a different match. Yeah, there was a lot of swings and misses with stuff like that. Hey, hey it's a shit. It's MJF's shitbag friend. That at least got the right reaction, and and it was done correctly, like as far as the presentation they did. But um, the fucking press conference where Ortiz just starts showing everybody his fuck. Oh, I'm sorry, Santana just starts showing everybody his family photos was weird as shit, and it made no fucking sense. And for anybody that's going to tell science, me, this was my science. This was my science fair diorama from the fifth grade. For anybody that's going to tell me. Oh, well, this ties into the story they've been trying to tell, that Santana and Ortiz had a hard life. Who cares? Fuck. <laughs> That's not a selling point. And, he, and he, I get that you're trying to make it like these guys are tough, but like, forget this wrestling. I'm going to show you pictures of where I grew up. First of all, you're not showing us. You're showing Dax, so we can barely see what's going on. And then a newspaper article, really? Like, what is it, 1994? <laughs> Look at the papers! Look at the papers! I saved this from 1989! Dax is like, I don't care. I just care about God and my family and and, and wrestling. I love it. Taking so the shit out of you. All right, next week... Uh, I've got seven things on the list. Uh, first up, we talked about it earlier, the Ricky Starks FTW fake title celebration, which is, of course, just going to get crashed. You think uh, the machine gets a nice baby face pop when he crashes it? Mm, probably. Boom! <laughs> Uh, the Painmaker versus Nick Gage. Uh, Ooh, I mean, if Jericho loses an no, eye, I'm kind of there for it. No rules match. Maybe Jericho can start wearing the eye patch. Um, are you going to be able to watch that match next week, or when Nick Gage pulls out the pizza cutter, are you going to throw up? I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, I, I I hope it's yours. I don't know. We'll uh, see. I'll tell you this. I don't think you can do a match like that and not have it be the main event. So by that, and if there's six matches a night, it's going to be yours. <laughs> uh, Santana and Ortiz versus FTR. That's fun. That that I'm hoping will we'll steal the show. Yeah. So it should be solid. It should be solid. Uh, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Private Party and the I like Another trios match? I don't care. <laughs> Complete uh, filler Archer, at this point. Lance Archer versus Hikuleo for the IWGP US title. I'm interested to see Lance Archer successfully defend his title. Please. Please. I'm just gonna, I'm just, yeah, right? Can you imagine? <clears throat> he finally wins a title on AEW, and it's A, not an AEW title, and B, he loses it after a week. How do you feel, by the way, of we now have um, two people that definitely deserve titles, but instead of winning the world or TNT title, they're just like, uh, you can have the new Japan one and you can have the fake one from when Taz was in ECW. That we will on air say is fake. Yes. <laughs> like, I, okay. I, I don't, I'm not opposed to Lance Archer with the new Japan title, 
But again, it just feels like, well, we're not going to have you beat Miro or Kenny, so here's some... Right. Right. <laughs> here's something to shut you up. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Tony Khan will announce a major new live event. Like AEW Saturday morning? Like, what the fuck's he talking about? <laughs> right. They, they tra- oh, shit, I should have written it down. They trademarked something. Oh, I know what it is. It's going to be Sunday night main event. Am I right? <laughs> oh, fuck, what was it? It's the Power Hour. Who gives a fuck? The First Dance. AEW applies to trademark The First Dance. Uh, Don't know what the fuck that means. Does that mean but... we're going to have like a dance competition show with AEW wrestlers? Entertainment services in the nature of production of television shows and multimedia entertainment content featuring wrestling programs and events. I hate it. <laughs> the First Dance. You know it's going to be like a live wired thing or something, right? <laughs> Call the hotline. <sighs> wow, that's uh, rough. Uh, and your 10-man elimination tag, which will actually be your main event, uh, the Elite versus Hangman Page in the Dark Order. You're right. You're right. You're right. Although the Bucks always like to open the show, though. The Bucks only open the show if they think their match is going to be the best match on the card. You think fucking Nick Gage versus Jericho is going to be a good match? And plus... They can't show that Nick Gage versus Jericho match until about 9.30. <laughs> and even then, they're going to be pushing it. Folks, we're out of time. Right as fucking Nick as Gage the, starts sawing the, off the, a piece of uh, Jericho's forehead. As the, bell, as the bell rings, Tony Schiavone screams that they're out of time to watch on YouTube. Um... Anyway, will you be so? So you always have said that you hated garbage wrestling. Um, I think that Archer versus Moxley this week was everything that Nick Gage and Jericho will not be next week. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you think? But would you smile if you saw Jericho get a light tube smashed across his forehead? You're like, I wouldn't uh, hate I, it. <laughs> I, what I don't like is violence for the sake of violence. Right. Every, the, the, the death match this week, the Texas death match this week, was I had no issue with. Right. None of the spots, none of the, the brutal spots were there just because, oh, this will look cool if we do this. No, Lance and Mox both wanted to win the fucking belt, and Mox, in case he wanted to retain. Yeah, it was a war for Mox, that belt, and that felt and I Mo- felt that. And, and Mox has a history with barbed wire boards and AEW. Yes. Um, whereas but, that sh- that shit is violence for the sake of violence. It's stupid. It's dangerous, and it's just it 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 tells no story. Speaking of which, we lost sight of of just how bad this is going to be because this is a hired assassin. He's not there to win. I mean, he's there to win, but he's there to to make sure that Jericho feels it if he makes it to the next labor. That's what MJF said in the opening match. 
How do you think he's going to feel after he goes through a couple of these labors, is what he said. So so Nick Gage's whole purpose is to hurt Chris Jericho next week. Yeah. That means, yeah, I'm not looking, that bro, makes me I'm think this is going to be very fucking bloody and, like I'm you said, violence for the sake of violence. No, I, I can promise you now I'm going to fucking hate it. Um, but 10-man uh, elimination tag, uh, Kenny Bucks and Brothers versus Hangman Page and one through four. Um, we did we did mention that a, a week or so ago. We thought that if, if Silver was healthy, that, that team, that iteration of the Dark Order made the most sense. Um, cause to be honest, those four, not only are they like the core members, but they're going to be the most entertaining in the ring. I love Colt, but it's, it's, it's more of a serious match when Colt isn't in it. You know what I mean? Uh, five is a spot monkey. Let's be honest here. 10 is fine, but you don't need 10. I, if you've got so, yeah, exactly, and Stu and Uno, so, um, yeah, so that should be good. Obviously, like we said, uh, like we t- we talked about it last week. This is you know obviously Page and Dark Order win and get the title matches to set up or whatever. Um, oh, one other thing, um, if we get a, a face off between Doc Gallows and John Silver. And John Silver, in any way, shape, or form, suplexes that man or fucking slams that man, I will pop huge. Did they not do that the last time? With Silver and Gallows? Yeah. I don't think so. Because they were in the ring together. And Gallows, because I specifically remember Gallows making fun of how small he was. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Well, I'll still pop for it. I'll still pop for it. So we'll see. And I like that um, Reynolds has added a stunner to his. I mean,. It's a little bit, you know, but whatever. I, I do like that move for Reynolds. And you said last week, does it come down to, like, somehow Hangman and the Bucks and Kenny or something like that? And so Hangman gets to somehow eliminate three people there, okay. all by himself. You know how we, we still have to get all the way to All Out, which is in September? What yeah. if Hank, uh, Kenny and the oh, Bucks like- won? At this point, it's only like a month and two weeks, a month and a half away. But mm-hmm. what if what if Kenny and the Bucks defeated Hangman? Well, according to the promo last week, then they they made it sound like they would never get a title shot ever. But then we could, uh, and they're typically not somebody. They typically haven't gone back on their promises, but and, you know, it is wrestling. There are ways around that. <laughs> Is it a better is it a better visual to have people's hopes like they, you know doused for a little while so that they come up even more for all out? I mean, they never said they didn't say specifically, you know, if 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 we win, you you never get a title shot. But that's the that's the way they made it sound. Right. So, I don't know. There, there's ways to work around it. Uh, the only reason I bring it up is because if you one more time. Have the elite get the better of of Hangman, then you know I I just feel like you you tell that story even a little bit you know it's it's good continuity because there there's that history and and you will get the cowboy a lot of sympathy if the fucking Bucks and Kenny triple super kick him like 
I think the Cowboys got plenty of sympathy. Sure. No, it's not necessary, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't think, upset me if also, they went there. I, I, they can't. Because you have finally, you finally started telling the story of, and remember, Sal, this is all in the notebook. You finally started <laughs> telling the story of Hangman Page <clears throat> facing his fears, and and you know facing that fear of failure. And you're gonna you're gonna tell that story, and then go, oh, sorry, he lost again. Sorry. But shouldn't the big win? You can't do that. But shouldn't the the big win be when he beats Kenny for the belt? I mean, that's still gonna be a big win. So. Yeah, but if he wins next week, it's becoming that that Austin thing where when he fought Michaels at um, WrestleMania 14, it was just a formality. You know, he was just like, okay, good, we're here now. Stone Cold's gonna be champ. Like, I would like there to be some doubt that fucking Hangman doesn't take that belt. You you say that, but how fucking amazing was it when Austin won the belt at WrestleMania 14? It was better at 15, because I didn't know if he was actually going to win it. <laughs> they can't they can't have Hangman lose. Last week. Or they, just, they can't have Hangman's team lose last week, next week. You know, it'd be fun, but it would, they would never do it. Is a fa- is um a sweep by the Dark Order? <laughs> that would be. They would never fucking do it. But even if they got through everybody and Kenny just leaves, I'd take it. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I can say I can definitely see that happening. Oh, that Kenny would be like a pa- that would be like a fucking party in North Carolina. I can see that happening. I actually like that that because that fits Kenny's character. Mm-hmm. He never gets in the ring. He leaves yep. it to the Bucks and the Brothers, and then when it, when it gets down to just him, he goes, ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll take, you know what? I, I like that idea a lot better than the first one. <laughs> I've talked myself into it. That's the way I want it to go next week. And we can get All a right. finisher parade on fucking Carl Anderson. It'd be great. Oh, wait, we already did that. <laughs> we can get a finisher parade on Matt Jackson, and I'm 100% there for it. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we move on to the news? No, nah, we'll see what happens to Fight for the Fallen. All right. I have four things here that are all basically the same topic. So I'm going to start with this one. That's something else. Because um, I just wanted I just wanted your thoughts on this. Uh, after last night's Dynamite taping, AEW President Tony Khan came out to address the audience before the taping of AEW Dark Elevation. He referenced the Performance Center's speech, uh, saying, quote, and if you've listened to the tape, Tony Khan, amazing on the microphone as always. Uh, quote, we have a lot of really cool things. We're not done. There's a lot of awesome stuff tonight. Thank you for being here. We're just getting started. I just want to tell you a bit about what's coming. First up, the first match we're going to have is going to feature one of the top wrestlers in AEW on Elevation. His name is Jungle Boy. We have some great matches. And ladies and gentlemen, returning to Elevation tonight, Pack. he will take on Chuck Taylor in our main event on Elevation. That's a huge match. We're going to have a special commentator. I'd like to introduce the special commentator. Before I do, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have a performance center in AEW. This is the performance center, unquote. Tony Khan proving why wrestling promos need to be scripted. Uh, I um, never thought that Linda McMahon would be a better promo than anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Holy shit. I just, I cannot get out of my head every anytime i see that man my brain just goes back to the the the, 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 the 
promo, if you can even call it that, that he cut on Dark for Kenny and Matt Seidel's eliminated match. I hated that one. When he said when he said on dynamite like five times in the span of fourteen seconds. On dynamite. On dynamite. You you face him. Face him. On dynamite. On dynamite. One on one. Face him. But not for the belt. On dynamite, and if you win on dynamite, then if you win, you're gonna get a touchdown. Okay, thanks, Tony. But uh, my point here is, we don't have a performance center. This is the performance center. Don't you have a fucking nightmare dark. factory? First saying, of all, saying saying AEW Dark is the is the performance center. <sighs> a that doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Uh, B that's not a good thing. No. No, it makes you look bush league. And C, like you said, they have the fucking nightmare factory. Yeah, it makes you look bush league, bush league and it makes you look like a liar. What? We don't have a performance center. We're not corporate around here. We don't give a shit about our talent's well-being. Or how trained they are. Yeah, or or how trained better. they are. We have Nick Gage! <laughs> what? We don't need trained people. We have... We we have Julia Hart. Cody thought she was pretty and put her on air. How long do you think we go before we get some type of vile, disgusting, light tube exploding match between Nick Gage, John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston? No. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's already happened six times in CCW. Um, moving on. Moving on. All right, so the, all these four stories are all basically related. We'll start with these. Uh, we'll start with this, and then move to the speculative ones. Uh, it is official. Thunder Rosa is now all elite. AEW officially announced today that the company has signed Thunder Rosa. She debuted in AEW in August of last year. Has been a regular on AEW programming since that time, but was not signed to an actual contract until now. Uh, of course, they just did the regular old tweet. Um, <coughs> Uh, a new report has some additional details on uh, how Thunder Rosa's signing with the AEW came about. Fightful Select reporting that Rosa's NWA contract ran through the summer and that AEW orchestrated a buyout of her deal. Sources in the NWA said that the, that Rosa had asked for her release last year, but it had not been uh, granted. Uh, the site adds that AEW and Tony Khan in particular are very careful about avoiding contract tampering and made sure everything was on the up and up. Uh, also of note, uh, the announcement came today, which is uh, Thunder Rosa's 35th birthday. Oh, nice. So... Uh, Happy birthday and congratulations. Any thoughts on Thunder Rosa finally officially being AEW talent? I mean, definitely need uh, talent in the women's division. Yep. So that's a good thing. So initially my, my thought was, you know, finally she, she's with AEW. But then I, I, I did forget that she was under contract to the NWA. So I'm glad... Um, Billy Corgan and, and her and, and Tony Khan worked it out because I, I really enjoyed Thunder Rosa. So I'd rather her here because I'm not going to watch NWA. That's the truth. I'm sure they're doing a lot of fun things over there. There's so many hours in the week. So I can't. Anytime, anytime anyone mentions Billy Corgan, I just immediately to my head springs, <clears throat> you know, Stephen Lynch, right? Yeah. Stephen Lynch's song, uh, that when that guy from the Smashing Pumpkins lost his keys. Oh my god! I think is what it's called. It's where the hell are my car keys? They were right here in my hand. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's great. It's it's funny. 
Uh, next one, Jake Roberts has re-upped with AEW and will be there for at least the next couple of years. Roberts Why? has been since March of 2020, told DDP in an interview that he signed a two-year contract extension with the company. Quote, thanks to Tony Khan, when I originally signed with him, it was for a 10-week deal. Uh, in eight weeks, the guy comes along with some papers and is like, you need to sign these. What for? It's your contract. Dude, I only have two weeks left. No, you have another year. A few weeks ago, I buzzed Tony and say, I have four weeks left. What do you want me to do? Next thing you know, he starts setting up my stuff and says, you need to sign another piece of paper. I signed it again, and after I signed it, I found it wasn't for a year, but for two years. He's such a wonderful man. Gave me my love for wrestling back. It's great to be a part of it. So good to know Jake Roberts doesn't read shit before he signs it. Well, I mean, would you expect Jake's- anything less? Would you expect anything less? You think Jake Roberts is sitting there going, hmm, let's see the details you, on page two. <laughs> you think Jake Roberts can read. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. Um, hey, you know what? Jake's lucky. He found a nice little mark to pay him for the rest of his life in his old age. Good for Jake. Smart man. Always been a smart man. Uh, he doesn't do oh. shit to earn that money. I'm sorry. He doesn't do <laughs> fucking jack shit to earn that money. But if Tony Khan wants to pay him because he was his favorite wrestler growing up, go for it. That's the reason Sting gets paid, right? Something like that. <laughs> All right, let's go to the speculation. <laughs> uh, a new report claims that Daniel Bryan has jumped ship, signing a deal with AEW. Bodyslam.net reports that according to a source, Bryan is locked in, quote-unquote, and has already signed a contract with the company. Brian was last seen in WWE back in April when he lost a championship versus career match to Roman Reigns on SmackDown. His contract with the company reportedly expired in May. It was reported yesterday that many in WWE believed uh, that he would be signing with AEW and that Brian was not on the list of talent plans involving licensing and merchandising for WWE for 21-22. Uh, uh, the new report notes that Brian was looking to work less dates for comparable money to what he made in WWE to be able to work in Japan and to have creative input on his character, all of which he apparently got. Tentative plans are said to be in place for the, his debut with another report from Body Slam noting that it is currently set for the AEW Grand Slam Dynamite episode at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. Um, I know Troy's had a lot to say about this in the host thread, uh, basically looking for fucking sources on this. Um, if it happens, it will be interesting. And I am certainly intrigued by the thought of Daniel Bryan and AEW. Um, but it's just another, uh, you know, okay. No, <laughs> don't, don't, mm-mm. Do not start any sentence with Daniel Bryan and say it's just another. This this is a big fucking deal if the if it happens. Now, do I believe it? No, I'll believe it when I see it. That's that's the truth. Um and I'm not Daniel Bryan. I can't, you know, I'm not going to make his career decisions for him, but he he's been threatening this even before AEW existed. When he was trying to get cleared, he made, you know, pretty sure he said on record like if they don't fucking let me wrestle i'm gonna go to ring of honor i'm gonna go to new I'll, Japan. Find, I'll find a place that will basically basically so they did let him wrestle and he wrestled there for a couple years and to be honest um i enjoyed his his couple years back in the wwe but of all people <clears throat> And, and I hate to do this, but this one kind of makes the most sense. 
again, he's been threatening for years. He'll find some place to wrestle if he wants. You know, he doesn't give a shit about money. He doesn't give a shit about staying in the WWE. Um, he's always made that perfectly clear. Hell, I don't even really care that much about wrestling. I'll go be a gardener. Like, so <clears throat> good for him if he got the same amount of money for less dates. That's the the whole point, right? Um, it would be pretty incredible to see him in any ring at this point, other than the WWE ring. It, it would be a moment. I hope he. I hope he stays safe. I hope he doesn't get dropped on his neck by fucking Penta the first night he's out there. Uh, but that's not for me to worry about. So there is a lot of smoke to this to this fire. And if you if you wanted Daniel Bryan to be a rumored surprise. Would you let anything leak that it's it's official? Do you know what I mean? Like, everybody's scrambling the past 24 hours to try to get something official. But if I'm AEW, I'm not giving them anything official. Mm-hmm. I'm making this the biggest fucking surprise of the summer, or whenever it is, you know what I mean? So, look, I thought personally that, I, that WWE did a great job this past weekend with Cena coming back and Money in the Bank. Like, that felt like a surprise, even though it was rumored. I just wasn't expecting it at that moment. Daniel Bryan would probably be the best surprise that AEW could muster at this point. You know, this isn't fucking... uh, Sean Spears. You know what I mean? Like... This isn't even Aleister Black. Like, And I love Aleister Black, but this is Daniel fucking Bryan. He's going to bring a lot of eyes with him. We, when we talk about people who move the needle, I think he might be one of those people, at least initially. You know, does it spike and then level off? Maybe, but it depends. It depends on what he's there to do. Is he there to fight Kenny Omega? Because I'm sure, like, people would eat that shit up in a second. But if he's there to challenge Miro, I don't know if I want to, you know, really? We've got first feud is going to be fucking a guy you probably already worked a bunch of times in WWE. <laughs> Uh, KT says, isn't this whole Daniel Bryan thing a fucking uh, tuna special? Uh, I don't no. think it came... It didn't yeah. come from him. It, it came from a guy on Bodyslam.net and Fightful re- <laughs> Fightful did something very fucking sneaky this uh, the past 24 hours. On their Twitter, they tweeted out Daniel Bryan has signed with AEW. When you click the link and you go to their actual website, underneath that headline it says... Uh, the 35-year-old star has reportedly worked out a deal with AEW. So they kind of, like, protected themselves after you read the story. What? Clickbait? What? No. Yeah. What? But Sean Ross Sapp, who works for Fightful, is like, I can't confirm it. So it's weird, because it's like the website's putting out one thing. He doesn't want to lose his credibility, so he won't fucking, you know, confirm or deny it. And I know that Troy has been at odds because as a Daniel Bryan fan, he doesn't want to see him get paralyzed in the ring. Um, and obviously, I, I'm not going to speak for Troy, but I would assume he'd prefer him stay in the WWE. I can't argue that. I, I love Daniel Bryan in the WWE. I, I Like I said, um, even if his most recent stuff with Roman and Edge was, was fun. 
It was good. So, if they couldn't work something out, then of all the people to come over to AEW, like, you know, fucking Big Show, Mark Henry. No, I want Daniel Bryan in AEW. Okay, let's talk about the other one. The other one is a little bit... I... Again, this, these are speculative. In what could be blockbuster news for the wrestling world, Fightful Select reports that CM Punk is in talks to return to the ring, with AEW being his most likely destination. Uh, the deal would see Punk back as a wrestler. At this time, there are no details on if a contract was signed, a return date, or any other creative plans, but talks are currently ongoing between Punk and a company official. Other companies have also been interested in getting Punk to work for them now that the fans are back, but as of now, it's unknown if any specific offers have been made. The report has yet to be confirmed by either Punk or AEW, but obviously they wouldn't until the former champ shows up on Dynamite or at a pay-per-view, like All Out or what have you. Uh, Punk has not wrestled since, uh, at least officially. He said he had a couple of masked uh, unidentified run-ins at a couple of indie shows, but has not wrestled since 2014. Um I don't know how I would feel. We can both we can both say this. We have both said this many times. We were huge punk fans back in the day. But since 2014, he's really kind of revealed himself to be an unpleasant individual. To say the very least. Um, not only extremely self-absorbed, but the worst thing about Punk, in my opinion, for the past few years has been his almost um, like braggadocious way that he shits on wrestling fans. Like He's so thrilled to shit on wrestling fans, especially when he was... Uh, trying to be a UFC fighter, that it, it kind of turned me a little bit against him because I was like, motherfucker, we did nothing but support you and you just want to shit all over us. Here's my biggest issue, and it's it's scary to think how, how closely this parallels another situation I had in my life. Um, I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan and uh, for the most part still am for their original stuff. And when they broke up, I was like, oh, that fucking sucks. All I wanted for them to do was to get back together and do a reunion tour. Well, 18 years later, maybe, maybe it was 16, whatever it was, they did finally get back together and do a reunion tour. Um, but the ship had sailed at that point. <clears throat> and that broke my fucking heart because they were no longer the band that I loved back in the 90s, they were a shell of their former selves, and Axel specifically couldn't sing for shit anymore. So if I watch Punk come back, even if it's an AEW, and the first time he actually has a match, you can tell it's been 10 years since he's been good, it's gonna, it's gonna suck. It's really, yeah. really bad. Like, what if he's like I, sting levels of bad? <laughs> I feel like if you know, if we were watching All Out, 
and, you know, you're, you're in Chicago, you've got that full arena, whatever arena it is in Chicago. And you hear that static. You're going to lose your shit. Yeah, sure. Because like, that's, that's the other thing, too. It's it's kind of like the Ultimate Warrior, where nobody ever thought this guy was going to come back to wrestling. Ever. Because he's made that perfectly clear that he's perfectly happy without it. Um, so, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if if you know you're you're watching that and you hear that no that you're gonna fucking freak out. But like you said, you have to. It it depends on what happens after that, because knowing knowing what we know now about him and everything that's happened since then, the, the what happened between him and Colt. And and the whole the UFC thing and all, all everything you said, um, can knowing that does he still have the talent to to rope me back in? You know, does that make sense? It does. And one of the obviously, like you said, the fucking. AEW faithful are going to lose their minds if he walks out or all out. Not just because it's in Chicago. Mainly because it's in Chicago. But also because it's CM fucking Punk. However... I'm just just saying that because it's the next next pay-per-view. No, no, sure, sure, sure. If it happened on Dynamite, you'd lose your fucking mind. Of course. But what if he walked out at SummerSlam? Depends on when, right? Depends on... I mean, you know... Cena beats Roman and then fucking Roman celebrates and Punk walks out. Uh, that would certainly be interesting. Sure. But also not necessarily believable. Like we're mm-hmm. not we're not talking about like it's to be honest, Edge has showed himself to be in decent shape. I don't know where Punk is on that line. Uh, you know, it's the old Jerry Lawler line. He's four hundred pounds and fucking bald. <laughs> Um, but if he did come back to the WWE, I think people would also lose their fucking shit. Um, a lot of people would hate it too, because he would be uh, a hypocrite. I also wouldn't mind seeing AJ again. Sure. But hopefully next week we'll have, you know, next week or maybe over the coming weeks, we'll have more concrete news about this. Uh, because at this point, it's just rumor. I heard a rumor. For real. Um, one last thing. Because it just don't just, tell just me the Undertaker's me. coming to AEW. Because I would just <laughs> shut this fucking podcast off. No, no. I just wanted your thoughts <laughs> on uh, the 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 tweet that Jason shared with us in the host thread, um, which was quickly corrected. So every segment on Dynamite this week featured an ex-WWE superstar. Okay. Jericho, Rusev, Gallows, Taz, Sting, Neville, Andrade, Chavo, Vicky. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold the fuck on. Yeah, I'm just reading the list. We are, we are counting Sting as an ex-WWE guy. That's a stretch. <laughs> Let's be, I mean, that match was Darby, uh, 
fucking Darby versus um. Uh, but he, pretend, he Willard, pretended to be a statue that so, one time. Yeah, for like two minutes. Like literally, his WWE career was like two months against Triple H, and then like three months. Oh fuck! I got crippled against Seth Rollins. Crippled me. Dude, that was it. it. Was one program with Triple H and one program with fucking Seth, and that was it. That was his WWE career. I'd hardly consider him a WWE guy. Was he in the company prior to going to AW? Sure. Yes, he was. Great. But, you know. Um, I, I'd hardly consider Andrade an a, a WWE guy, considering that he made his mark in New Japan. He made his mark... Um, in Mexico. Okay, but he's also a former NXT champion, a former U.S. champion. Well, that's the thing. If you're comparing his career on the main roster to his comp- career in NXT, they're two completely different things. Um, but no, I get it. I get the fact, and the guy who tweeted this put fun fact. Um, although, it does say barring the women's title match, so I guess not every segment had a WWE person in it. Well, oh, Vicky. Uh, uh, Vicky was on the outside, yeah. right? So. Yeah. And apparently Britt Baker was in one of the May Youngs. Dude, I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing. I'm just saying you could say the exact same thing about WWE and Ring of Honor. Do you know how many fucking Ring of Honor people are in WWE or have been in WWE at the same time? You know, there was one uh, WrestleMania, I think it was like Seth, Daniel Bryan, Nigel McGinn. Like, it just... You can go back and forth with that. So, yes, WWE is the number one wrestling company in the world, so it doesn't surprise me that a good portion of their wrestlers, of AEW's wrestlers, are ex-WWE guys, especially in their first couple years of existence. You want people to tune into your channel. And if nobody knows who the fuck Darby Allin is, then how is that going to help you? (laughs) And I'm not even defending it. I understand that Tony Khan has went way, way uh, above what he should have signed from from XWWE guys. Uh, especially, I'm sorry, but people like Christian, like, what is the fucking point? I get Andrade and that's and, funny. And that's Alistair what I was going to mention too. I get Andrade and Alistair Black. That that to me makes sense. Christian, Big Show, Mark, get the fuck out of here. Like, you didn't have enough commentators. Come on. No, but Chuck's going to wrestle, so. <laughs> Swear but, to God. But that's the thing. Lumping them all together like, oh, look, they're all ex-WWE guys. I mean, that's that's kind of a blanket statement. Like, Jericho was the guy they hitched their company to in the very beginning. Um, and Festus? Really? Festus? Fucking the Bullet Club guy? He was also Luke Gallows in WWE. I know, but he was he he. Of course, he was going to be here. It's the fucking Bullet Club. Like, I don't know. That one to me is just like, eh. Uh, Taz is another one too. How long has it been? Oh yeah, Taz is a real fucking WWE guy. Let me tell you. Or was he an ECW guy that spent you know two years wrestling in WWE and eight years on commentary? Eight years is a long time. All right, uh, you got anything else? Uh, they act like fucking uh, Randy Orton showed up in AW. <laughs> and by the way, if Randy Orton showed up in AW, there's another needle mover. All right, there's another guy that everybody go, holy fucking shit. Uh, 
Would you fucking lose uh, your shit if, if Randy Orton showed up in AEW? That would be surprising. That's for sure. That is for sure. Uh, that wraps up week 91 of the AEW Rundown. As always, be safe, stay sane, be kind, and be good to one another. Get your goddamn shots. If you cannot come out to APW Summer Dream this Saturday at the Newbury Elks Lodge, uh, watch us on Fight. Nine ninety nine. Sal's gonna do it. You only did play. No, I just read Jason's comment that Britt Baker was in the May Young tournament, and I'm like, just said that. Oh, really? So fucking and YouTube show counts now as being in WWE. <sighs> you realize that's like extra work, right? Like that's like saying like the jobber who was uh, on on Lashley's uh, team of fucking women. Um, oh, she was in WWE. So salty. Also, that's not the same. Um, yeah, APW Summer Dreams this Saturday. Um, fight uh, 9.99. Just go to Fight and search for Atlantic Pro Wrestling. You can see that. You can watch a couple of past events. We have a great time. We have a great time on on the on the iPay per view. We do. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Adam. Last one. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Sal. Last one, I swear. You know, Kota Ibushi's an ex WWE guy, right? Because he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. I was never impressed by him. Wow. Shots fired. I mean, he's not a Zack Sabre Jr., but. There's another ex WWE guy. Take us home. Well, I guess that means next week. Fight. been listening to a rundown wrestling network production please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events keep it locked there or subscribe to the rundown wrestling network on itunes spotify google podcast stitcher premium or anywhere you get your podcast from leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundown wrestling slash message join our patreon at patreon.com slash rundown wrestling you can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundown wrestling go to reddit.com slash r slash rundown wrestling follow us on twitter at rundown network like us on facebook at facebook.com slash rundown wrestling email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundown wrestling at gmail.com or go to instagram or youtube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect. This has been 
a Rundown Wrestling Network production.